They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking Tom yeah. Foolery. Yeah. How you like me now? Tom Foolery. Oh, yeah. We're all about it. XL Prime Time on a Wednesday, the eve of the players as we welcome you in. Beautiful day out here at the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. So we say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. And you certainly, if you're coming into the area for the players, you can find a great track there. You can call 287-PLAY and head on out, put a peg in the ground, and then plan on coming out and enjoying some players over the course of the week. Many travelers are coming through JIA. They're either driving in from neighboring cities or states, uh, or they are flying at that North Florida Regional Airport uh, where I saw Jim Furyk uh, get off a a jet uh, not that long ago. So we have got all sorts of people from outside of Duval coming in. We'd love to see you if you're coming to hang out at the players. Uh, Another gorgeous day, people. Another gorgeous day. The wind is just, it's up today. Balmy. And, and, and I just, I, I kind of want to get a feel for what it looks like scoring wise because they'll have the caddy contest out at 17 where they throw a bunch of money in the uh, bucket to see who gets closest to the pin. Uh, but if this wind holds up, it might be a little more difficult golf course over the next four days. Did you see my tweet that I fired off from the caddy tournament? Yeah. Uh, here's the graphic. I'm going to pass it. Just look at the picture. You don't have to look at the caption. Right. Jersey, and then you can pass it to Matt and Leon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, look at who was in third place when I happened to stroll oh, past. Yeah. The Island Green. That's pretty funny. C A Smith. Yeah, it's a uh, can't quite tell huh. if it's if it's. <laughs> it's actually Carl, Caddy, yeah. Caddy Carl Smith, not yeah, instead of Cam, Cam Smith. But I, I had to do a double take. I was yeah. like, are we being punked right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but from the early returns that I saw, uh, the Caddies were struggling. Yeah. To uh, find the Island Green. Well, the the Whoa. the thing is, you look at those flags, Leon, and if you see that wind yeah. coming in off the Atlantic, it can well, be tough. Well, see, that's interesting, Joe. I, I, what kind of weekend do you want? Do you want? Low scores, do you want the win to be the factor and make it a little bit more competitive? Yeah, I want it to be a little more competitive. If if we end up somewhere around 12 to 14 under par, Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to love it. I really do. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if, uh, my rule, and I don't know whether it's going to hold up or not, I take whatever the first day score is and I double it for the finish because I think they should back up a little bit and then, you know, try and gain ground. Well, see, golf is just like the NFL now. Everybody wants to score. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It's offense, baby. (laughs) Nobody wants to grind, right? Nobody wants to grind anymore. Uh, Whatever happened to the grind? But but it's offense, man. And so it's like if you want – Televisions to stay on. You can't have it to be a, a complete and total birdie fest. That that will you know we we've seen those at many other places yeah. where they just they stack up birdies left and right. But on a golf course like this, and I mentioned Augusta uh, before, is mm-hmm. it we call it the, the roars on Sunday. When you hear that, that means it's great shot making. Yeah. And I think this course does set up for great shot making. Mm-hmm. And so that I like. I like the fact that you can drive a a, a, a par four twelfth green and maybe have a chance for an eagle putt. Uh, and just take on a few of these golf holes. Mind your business on a few mm-hmm. of the other ones. Okay, be conservative when you need to be. But, yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see it. And, you know, we talk about the open whenever the wind is up, rain, whatever it might be, you know, across the pond. We know how difficult that can be. But that's another place where if there isn't any wind, you can go low. You can throw a big number up there. The course record here is 63, which you'd think, wow, man, nine under. 
how in the heck? But there's there's probably nine guys that have shot nine. Yeah, we we were talking right prior to the show, and I said, the wind dies down here, man. That round one tomorrow is going to be just electric. Yeah, it's electric. Yeah. So what you want more than anything else is you either want. Like in May, you had the extra heat, and it would really bake out the greens, and then they'd become really, really tough to putt on. Yep. But this course was designed, and I walked a bunch of it yesterday and this morning. I'm telling you what, that rough is up, man. Really? Oh, yeah. It's up. It's it wasn't just me struggling well, with my clubs from 1988 yeah, at the yeah, media tournament yeah, last month. Yeah. It actually is truly oh, it's rough. Up. It's up. Where is, if, 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 if it's bombing tomorrow, yeah. how's 17 to Island Green going to play? Well – they're going to have that pin cut to the front, mm-hmm. and that means it could, there's a little backstop there, and it can just slide right down there. I, at least I, th- I need to check the pins. Most of the time, it's cut to the front, and if it's it's basically like throwing a dart if there isn't any wind. Mm-hmm. And you almost could have a chance at an ace. Usually that pin is cut to the front Thursday and Saturday. Friday, it's up top left. Sunday, good it's luck. that traditional right. Sunday, yeah, good luck. And, and, and believe me, you got to have some courage to throw the ball at that right flag. And we've seen some great shots uh, from that. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of our uh, Sawgrass Asset Management uh, questions that you'll hear on the, on the, uh, on the air uh, is how many aces have we had at 17? And then the last one was last year. And it was the 10th in tournament history here at the Island Green. Mm-hmm. Shane Lowry yep, I was gonna say, put yep. it in. Uh, and, and so he, uh, he went – that place went crazy. He went crazy. And so those are the moments I'm talking about, Leon, mm-hmm. those great shots. Nice. You know, that you remember mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to everyone getting their – you know, the, kind of their collective brains beat out by the golf course. You know, they called it diabolical because it was Pete Dye that designed it. And he made you think on every shot and made you suffer great consequences if you weren't good at it. So I'm looking at odds, and, you know, there's some decent betting favorites that we can be looking at uh, that I'll throw at you as we go along today. But Rory is the betting favorite. Uh, Rom and Scheffler are right there behind him. There's definitely a few others that would be worth looking at. Max Holm was drawing some decent odds. Carney was mentioning him yesterday. He got to hang out with Trevor, too. He looked as, he yeah. looked as happy as a clam getting to hang out with Trevor Lawrence. Well, mm-hmm. Trevor was around uh, yesterday, that's for sure. So l- let's get to our, our Jag conversation because he was out and about. Uh, there were others that were definitely out here taking it all in. A lot of selfies being taken with uh, T-Law yesterday. Uh, but the news today is that it's official. Shaq Griffin has been released by your Jaguars. And we knew it was coming, but this is just a matter of fact, just as far as getting everything detailed salary cap-wise to be where they need to be. Yeah, and so just for the numbers and cents purposes of this, the Jaguars were about $5 million over the cap. That is not noting some potential restructuring we don't know about just yet. Right. So they were five over the cap with releasing Shaq Griffin. They saved $13 million. That puts them at about eight under the cap ahead of next week, and they'll need about $8 million to pay their rookie class. And so if if this was all to hold as of this writing and they don't make any other restructuring deals, they don't you know do anything else, then they're not signing any other free agents. They don't have the money to do so. So that's why I fully expect, Liana, I see them either restructuring Rayshon Jenkins and that news will come out, um, maybe something in the form of the extension that Roy Robertson Harris got, because Trent Baalke did say in Indianapolis last week he is still trying to not only re-sign Juwan Taylor, but to re-sign Arden Key, re-sign Andrew Wingard, re-sign Dewan Smoot, and so we'll be curious to see if that actually comes to fruition now. Well, I mean, it's good that we're fiscally responsible as far as being under the cap and having the money in place to pay the rookies. Uh, 
that means that they feel that the guys that they have right now are enough to take us to where we need to go. And it's been a very long time since we've been able to say that this Jaguars roster looks good enough to compete, but it does. Mm-hmm. You add Calvin Ridley to the equation. You know, now you got your three. You got your three wide receivers set. You're going. You got. You got Ingram signed the franchise tag. More than likely, you're going to give him a long-term deal before the season starts. Your running back situation is intact. Your offensive line is pretty much intact, depending on how Cam goes. If you resign Juwan Taylor, if you let him go, move Walker a little there. Interior of the line, you're going to have Ben Barge coming back. Fortner needs to put on a little weight. Sheriff has a little, has to be a little bit more uh, consistent right. with the run pass situation. Um, your pass rush is decent. Maybe you bring Arden Keys back. Absolutely. Now he's going to fit in the equation. He's going to be a nice little rotational guy, linebacker. I mean, but it's been a very long time since we've been able to say that this team has more holes filled than actually holes in it. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, I, I, you got to give it to Balky. You got to give it to Trent Balky in free agency. Bringing, I mean, a lot of the guys that he brought in here, you know, they weren't splash guys. They were just fit guys, guys who fit the scheme. Mm-hmm defensively, offensively, that they were going to run. So, uh, you know, hats off to him for, you know, being fiscally responsible underneath the cap, going to pay your rookies. And now let's see what this team, with the roster we have right now, see if we can, you know, make some hay. Come this – I don't want to say make some hay. See if we can win some ball games. You know, like talking about 12 and up. I think Move I think they still have some holes. I do. Oh, really? Well, because more, I more – because... More holes than years previous? No, no, okay. but I will say this. For me – I saw what last year was, mm-hmm. and I don't think the, – the only way up from last year is going all the way to the Super Bowl. True. So, I, I mean, I, I think you have to start thinking like that. I don't know how, why you wouldn't. So, in that avenue, in that vein of thinking, I think you got to say, all right, let's get better in the back end, let's cover a little better, mm-hmm. and let's try and get more pressure on the quarterback. And if there's a guy out there, a free agent out there that you can get – that can impact you immediately. I don't know that there is. I don't think there is it's on the defensive line, maybe in the mm-hmm. secondary. Um, then restructure a couple guys and see what happens. Yeah, you are in a window right now. I think their window has begun. So if you can do it, well, if you can get a, a, a free agent, if you can trade up and mortgage a couple draft picks to the future and get a guy that fits perfect that can help you immediately, do it. You're in your window right now. Mm-hmm. now that really is what it boils down to is that you've got to figure out – the best way to maximize what you've got, especially when we talk about the rookie contract for Trevor Lawrence. Add that, in, add that layer into this and make it as good as you possibly can because let's take a look. Uh, the, the, the plane, uh, JJ, the plane left New York and went to California yesterday, and it was the New York Jets brass coaches, offensive coordinator, and Nate Hackett all going to woo uh, the former ponytail, uh, Aaron Rodgers to see if they could get him to come to New York, now uh, suited and booted for Madison Avenue is what it looks like. And when it's all said and done, that tag's going to be, or that price is going to be $59 million. Add that up, people. And the other half is Lamar Jackson at $32 million. And the idea that they may or may not be keeping him in Baltimore. These are heavy-duty decisions these other teams have to make. This team doesn't have to do it. Not only that, I don't. At I least don't, right now, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing actually, because you know the quarterback up there right now is flat out stating that whoever they bring in, he's going to make you, their life hell for. You got to bring this up. You, so, you got to. You got to give us give us the tweet. So this from is this is Zach, Zach Wilson. Yes. After practice yesterday, they asked him the media. Well, not after practice yesterday. This was in January. In January. Okay. Yes, this is when they it were was, doing locker was, clean out. So you know, if they bring in an, another veteran, 
to compete, you know, you know, how do you feel about that? He said, I'm going to make the guy's life miserable. <laughs> so, you know. I just think that is just genius. Aaron uh, uh, will walk in there and, yeah. and just basically tell yeah. him to sit yeah. down. It did yeah. not age up. well, that comment. No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, so most of these kids just need to use their inside voice because that's supposed to stay inside. You're not supposed to say anything like that. I don't that, think Zach Wilson has learned his inside I, he voice. He doesn't have one. He absolutely doesn't have one. I don't, he's had more foot-to-mouth situations than I, I can imagine a rookie. Well, he's not even a rookie anymore. What, second-year guy? He'll be a third-year, just like third Trevor. Third-year guy who has done absolutely nothing on the yeah. field to even garner this, to, 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 to say anything like that. Yeah, Nothing. He has nothing, nothing to say or it, shouldn't have anything to say right now. It is worth noting, though. Let's say they go out to California. They woo the ponytail, Aaron Rodgers, or the former <laughs> ponytail. And then he says, eh, I'm going to go back to Green Bay. Right. What do you do if you're the Jets? Do you pivot to this Lamar Jackson conversation? Because we haven't or even touched upon that you go the Garoppolo yet. route, which we've talked about. Which, by the way, the Houston Texans top brass were asked today about Jimmy Garoppolo and they specifically mentioned that they were doing their homework on him, Josie. I know uh-huh. you and I both predicted that that could potentially be a landing spot for Jimmy G, reuni- reuniting with D'Amico Ryans. So, you know, what if Jimmy G goes to the Raiders or he goes to the Texans? What if Lamar either stays in Baltimore or he does go to Las Vegas? It, it's, you know, it's a game of musical chairs, and where will the Jets be left with that? They're going to be left with the kid who said, yeah, I'm going to make that guy's, he- guy's life oh a living gosh. hell. Yeah. They're going to be left with him. If, if they have to do that, you want to talk about, uh, you know, look, it, it has been nightmarish at times down here. I love to see the nightmare on Elm Street take place in other NFL cities because that's basically what we're looking at up there. If that were to go down, there are only you know, we use that musical chairs analogy. There are only so many decent quarterbacks. We talked about the supply chain problem. It is real, people, when it comes to the quarterback. And thankfully, this team doesn't have to deal with that right now, which is awesome. You know, it's just something that we haven't had the luxury of having for a long, long time. Uh, this guy, 16, turns the corner last year, and amazing things have happened since then. So that's really what you're hoping for right now is that you don't have to worry about that going forward and let those other teams worry about it. Can I tell you something I'm worried about right now? What is that? I logged on to Wi-Fi here at the players. Matt, I want you to watch this. Uh, so this is the old you know, trusty laptop, and, uh, and every time – it are, you opens on, up, are you on the free Wi-Fi? Yeah, but it that, opens up the Wi-Fi. That's a problem, bro. And then it tells you to put your address in, uh-huh. and then you try to put your address in, and it keeps refreshing. So watch this. You see these uh, up here? I keep trying to exit out of them because every time you try and put it in, you see how many of these? They won't go away. Uh, it, it's driving me crazy. Because you got a hacker right now that's try, probably stealing your bank. Account. Maybe. Maybe he is. He's, he's taking everything. TLD, please protect <laughs> our hacker. accounts. A hacker, you do say. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, I did a guest appearance on, on Hacker. You, uh, I mean, oh, yeah? PGA Joe? I, I'm, I'm booked uh, for tonight. I think that Close means the all, whole browser, dude. Yeah. all four of us. I know, then. but it's, it's just totally ticking me off. He officially hit bingo. <laughs> He yeah. officially hit bingo. All four of us have yeah. now appeared on Hacker oh, After yeah. Dark. Yeah, he, he, definitely, he definitely loves it. Uh, but last night, TLD brought her, uh, brought her on, on the grounds to enjoy Riley Green. The concert was great. Uh, in, in just the way the whole thing sets up on 17, it's, ju- it's just such a fun time to get this week started and the military appreciation and seeing what they did uh, in terms of acknowledging all the military uh, either past or present it's just awesome and Riley Green is a uh, he's just another one of the rising stars in the country game uh, that you're going to hear a ton from I told Matt when we were uh, uh, making our way over here 
I'm like, you've heard it's one of his big songs. You just don't know who it is. It was half of me wants a cold, cold beer. Yeah, the other half too. wants two. And, and Riley Green definitely killed it last night. Got in an Alabama reference. He said, uh, talking about his grandpa, another one of his songs, he said, man, he loved the, crim- loved the Crimson Tide. And they all started cheering, and then the booze took over. There were more boos for Alabama than there were cheers for Roll Tide. And Riley Green goes, well, I'm glad you all got, got that out of your system. <laughs> because there ain't, as many, yeah, there ain't <laughs> as many Roll Tides here as we see. Oh, Miss Mary. Oh, my gosh. I saw there was one for Jaguars today, but we get one too? Unbelievable. Oh. She's bringing it straight to Leon. Oh, no. She's bringing it straight to Leon, which is, listen, you cannot go wrong. Thank you. That I'm is excited. just awesome. That. chocolate chips. Listen. Need them. Yeah, the, thank you. The, the the teacher of many generations, always taking care of us and making sure. Yeah, this exactly. Is what I love making about, sure we're this good is what to I go. Love about thank us you, Mary. Being, thank you, Mary. Yeah. This is what I love about being in Sawgrass Square. So many of our friends yeah. pop on by. Hey, look at this. Say hi. These are brownies. Drop off homemade baked goods. Love oh, it. and that probably comes straight out of that volunteer uh, area where they're all making sure if you like if you need it, they're going to take care of you. And I got, you know, all my volunteer buddies that I love, uh, Timmy Tresca, and, and I can go on and on and on with all the volunteer chairs, uh, the witch doctor, all of them uh, that are here. I mean, they work their tails off uh, to make sure that everyone doesn't have anything to worry about. You know, it really is cool. All right, uh, JJ, let's set this up. And what we'll do, uh, our man Derek Stefano. that's all the vowels except you from the Golf Club of Southampton, has said he will put a foursome up. And I will throw in a dozen golf balls. How about that? Okay? A foursome and a dozen golf balls for your correct prediction of how many balls are in the drink by week's end. Wow. Okay? Mm. All right? So this is all you got to do. We'll do it three or four times today. You'll call JJ. Uh, you can at me at 1010XLJOC if you want to, but mainly we're going to get them from JJ, uh, you know, back at JJville. You call him, you predict how many balls in the drink. Now, balls in the drink are around 17. How many balls find the water at 17 over the four days of play? They go to sudden death, you got the gauntlet, that all counts. But start to finish in this tournament, how many balls in the drink at 17? Foursome. And I'm going to throw a dozen golf balls in on top of that. So uh, let's just set it up at least once, maybe twice an hour. Start thinking about it. Don't call J.J. right now, uh, but we will set you up in just a little bit where you can make your prediction. Have you all looked at your your predictions, your betting odds? You were talking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, I was looking at the sports line, waiting for the my bookie ones yeah. to come out. But, yes, oh, yeah, we absolutely are paying attention. So, I mean, li- listen, at the end of the day right now, I think across all the major sports books, and it's for good reason, it's a three-horse race between John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, and Scotty Scheffler because those are the safe picks. We actually went through on Helmets and Heels last night kind of going uh, player by player of a lot of those guys from JT to Rory to John Rahm, those guys who are favorites to win this mm-hmm. because Lauren Brooks is so focused not just on picking the winner but just picking someone who makes the cut. <laughs> who doesn't make her the loser. For, for the loser Monday. <laughs> yeah. um, and so John Rahm never missed the cut. Or excuse me, no, John Rahm has missed the cut before. Uh, JT has yeah. never missed the cut right. in seven starts here at the players. I want to make sure I get all those correctly. Um, Rory McIlroy missed the cut three of his first four years playing in this event. Um, so I would say, you know, you, you try to find guys that, A, are playing well, which all those guys clearly are, um, but, B, you know, 
you also pay attention to who's had experience on this course. And so uh, John Rahm, uh, the only, yep, John Rahm has never missed a cut. This is what was confusing us. Right. Because under 2020, Leon, you see the letter C. That's not cut. That's mm. because the tournament was obviously canceled. And mm. so in five previous starts here at TPC, John Rahm has uh, finished T72, T63, T12, T9, T55. He is currently tied for the betting favorite to win this puppy here at TPC Sawgrass this week. And then Rory McIlroy, again, he, he missed the cut three of four years. Then he finished T8, T6, T8, T12, T35. Did miss the cut in 2018 and 2021, but sandwiched in between was his player's champion win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, now, we keep it rolling. We are right here in the beautiful Sawgrass Square. My buddy Pete, this this is like one of the uh, biggest Yankee fans. Yankee oh, to, Yankee, okay. to Yankee. I like it. My buddy Pete Darius from Sunset Grill brings his son up here every year to get all those autographs. He is a diehard young golfer, so he's come by. I'm going to offer you some of those brownies and chocolate chip cookies, so hang on one second. But uh, let's open it up, JJ. During the break, 641-1010, if you want to take – JJ's in charge here. You want to take four, however many you take, but balls in the drink contest around 17 for the total week, and we will hook you up with a foursome to our man, the Golf Club of Southampton, from Derek Stefano, and a dozen golf balls right on Josie's tab. I'm giving it to you. So 641-1010, load up with JJ. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about the Jaguars' decisions and then more about the players. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Hump day on the Superstation, live from TPC Sawgrass Players Championship. Day two of practice rounds. Mia O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, and Leon Searcy here at TPC Sawgrass. JJ LaSalva back at 1010XL World Headquarters. He will be joining us live. Sawgrass Square tomorrow. I know there's a lot of you nooners out there. That always show up at our remotes, Leon, and they're mm -hmm. always asking, where's JJ? Yeah. Can I meet JJ? Well, JJ here's, is going to be here. Here's the big question about JJ. Will he come polo and pastel? Yeah, because we did talk about that last week. Are yes. we going to rock pastels yeah, as a unit, as a team? Have we talked about this? JJ, I'm going to wear – I, I, I wasn't told this, but I was going to wear just 1010XL gear. Okay, I think no. we actually were told to wear okay. okay. yeah. But I do I like the pastels the thought. Yonner. I do like the pastels, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that that could be a lot more fun. Maybe on Thursday. Oh. Well, you know, it's on Wednesdays that we wear pink, according to Mean Girls. But maybe on Thursday, XL Primetime wears pastels. Oh. So, potentially. Maybe yeah. we do that. All right, yeah, well, maybe, I, maybe. Now, I have a pair. Of you, you have some pastels? Absolutely. Okay. Shorts, shorts. There we go. So, maybe I, we I rock the pastels. I them for Easter, but... I might have to bring now, do you have, like, tomorrow. a nice bucket hat, Leon, or what, what, what's going on the dome tomorrow? Well, I, I, I do have a nice bucket hat, for sure. Yeah. I'm wearing the bucket hat, JJ. Yeah, I wearing, already know. The ball guy's wearing the bucket hat. Yeah, he has to. Are you wearing pastels, though, Matt no, I'm kind of wearing a pastel right now, actually. Yeah, you got the, you got the light yellow uh, rocking. Yeah. You're kind of ready. No? What's the LL Bean you got on? Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a pastel right now, is it not? No, not. Leon's looking for that Vineyard Vines, which no. you can pick up in the fan shop here. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's not pastel. At TPC Sawgrass, thirty six thousand five hundred square feet. You're gonna want to go check that puppy out. I went over this morning just to try to beat the crowds. Uh, yeah, they're already selling out of some items, folks. So make sure you get there early and you get there once you get to the Players Championship if you're planning on coming out this week. Let's pivot back. I'm though. about to have a meltdown. <laughs> 
Is there still about this computer? I, I, uh, Matt is watching this as, Dude, it, as, it, as we it. speak. Will you let me do it? I don't know. I, I, okay. I, I am about to have, you I'm have, like. You're having a hacker moment right now. You yeah, you better believe it. Okay. Um, I did listen to some of the security guards in the parking lot this morning right listening there. to 1010. Uh, if you want to come watch the meltdown, again, we're hanging out in Sawgrass oh Square. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Joe C. is trying to figure out what is going on with his computer. <sighs> Meanwhile, we are trying to figure out where in the world Lamar Jackson will be playing this upcoming season. Yeah, Leon Searcy, we really didn't touch on it that much in the uh-huh. first segment, so let's kind of go step by step. The As I had to explain this to a couple of my friends who are Ravens fans but were unfamiliar with the non-exclusive franchise tag as opposed to the franchise tag. So the non-exclusive franchise tag essentially means that Lamar Jackson is free to meet with other teams, negotiate mm-hmm. with other teams, potentially for a tag and trade. But now, before we even hear, well, this team may be interested and this team may be interested, almost instantly, as soon as the tag was placed at 4 o'clock yesterday, we start hearing, well, this team's not interested and this team's not interested. Yeah, the the, the suitors have fallen off the wagon. Because initially, before he got tagged, you know, I had teams. We had the Jets. We had Miami. We had the Falcons. We had all these different teams that that were interested in Lamar Jackson. And and as soon as he gets tagged, um, maybe only two teams in the arena. Be quite honestly, he might have to go back to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. He might go back to the Ravens. Maybe the Jets are interested, depending on what uh, you know Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, but I don't. I don't think there's really that many suitors out there for Lamar Jackson that we thought initially would be interested in him. Why would the Colts not be interested in him? Uh, right? I don't know. Because I mean, they're I mean, trading I mean, up for the Alabama kid or Anthony Richardson. I mean, they've got a great running back. They've got two good young receivers. He's on that carpet. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Golly. Yeah, he would like that. Uh, and I, I guess whenever you're trying to hit the reset button. Their offensive line's a lot better than it showed last well, well, year. The, the, well, the, the, but they, they were injured a bunch last year. I mean, year. there's another right. reason why they, they may not be in these suits because whoever decides to sign them, they're $100 million away from what he wants. Right. Uh, there's $100 million. I mean, and they have to t- trade two first-round picks. Yeah, they were, probably two or three first-round picks that's to true. get them. So Colts may not have that. That's, that's a lot of capital. Is it a red flag to anybody else, though, that, like, before we heard, well, this team may be interested or that, like, we hear this team's not, this team's not, this team's not. That's where the notion of collusion was sweeping the Twitter world last night because Mm -hmm. this notion of did the Ravens say to Lamar, okay, bet, you think that you're going to go out and find yourself a contract? Let's see how that goes. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. And they called everybody else up and said, yeah, we're going to meet this money, so you don't even have to. Well, they also, listen, the NFL, I mean, teams put up smoke screens as well. They may not want you to think that they're interested. Behind the corridors, they might be actually talking to Lamar Jackson about, hey, you know, this $100 million, mm-hmm. how, how fixed are you on that? You know, can we make it 50 Can we make it 25 Can we do this or that? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of backdoor stuff that's going on, pretty sure, that a lot of people are not aware of. I mean, as much as their social media, there's still people that keep their business private, mm-hmm. you know, amongst themselves. So, I mean, a lot, of that, a lot of that could be going on as well that we have absolutely no idea. I, 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 we've, we've talked about this, that this is such, it could be such a landmark moment if it's all guaranteed. Remember how we were talking about that? And it seems like we're so far from that. And at some point, someone is going to make a bid for Lamar Jackson's services and pay him what he deserves. You know what he's falling into? A little bit of a trap here. As good as he is, as important as the position is, they're worried about his wear and tear. Mm-hmm. They're almost like a running back. 
Now, remember, he would joke. Remember, he kind of got mad, Leon, about the idea that, you know, whenever he played well and the, someone said, isn't it great, to, you know, for, for you to have the satisfaction? He goes, yeah, pretty good for a running back because that's how some of the people were viewing him, which was just total BS. You look at some of his passing stats. They're impressive, but they're worried about his wear and tear. Are they not? That's why they don't want to reach that far in the pocket. I believe that. Well, they should be worried about his wear, wear and tear. I mean, he's borderline. He could be borderline reckless at times when it comes to running. Doesn't mm-hmm. know how to get out of bounds, doesn't slide, always trying to get that extra yard. I mean, just like Josh Allen. I mean, they're phenomenal athletes. They use their, their athletic ability to, the, to get the more yards. That's why they're so dynamic. That's why they're must see TV when you turn them on. But unfortunately, in this league, you got so many different components coming at you linebackers, safeties, corners. When you get in the open field, you can get hit in the back. You can get hit in the shoulder. You can get hit in the knee and all that kind of stuff. And that's what Lamar Jackson has been enduring over the last couple of years where he's seen downtime when usually right. he's prime time and showtime, you know, when he's healthy. So, and, and that, might, that might be another reason why the Ravens are kind of real particular in giving him all guaranteed money because, listen, we give you $200 million fully guaranteed, but if we only get you for, for the next two or three years, a, a, a season and a half, you know, then you don't get as much bang for your buck because he's spending he's spending most of his time injured or depleted or not playing in the game. Is there something to the notion though too that Lamar Jackson couldn't reach his full potential in Baltimore because of the wide receiving core because the running back room was devastated by injuries and that forced Lamar to have to be the primary threat on the run, in the run game. I mean Rashad Bateman just went off on Eric DaCosta, their GM, mm-hmm. literally last week on Twitter about the disrespect they have given to the wide receiver room and blah, 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 blah. Well, they shouldn't be. I mean, because his best weapon is his tight end. His wide receiver core is not as good as his tight end. And if Lamar Jackson is using his tight end as a bailout and the wide receivers can't get open, then, I mean, the telltale is in the stats, the statistics. I mean, Lamar, his tight end play is a hell of a lot better than his wide receiver play. I mean, I understand this notion of being taking things so personal. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what am I doing to help this team? And if you're not, then you do something about it instead right. of going on social media, whining and crying about, you hurt my feelings. If you've got an issue, go get a tissue. Step your <laughs> game up and play some ball. Help this man out. You know this man needs help. Somebody and if you're not, going you cry. Exactly. Somehow it's going on the crowd. But if, if you know that, <laughs> you, if you know your wide receiving core is, is is not living up to par, then you do something in that room. You address the issue. Hey, look, man, we're not holding our part down. We need to do something to help this man out. Because if we can help this man out, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no way the the, the the us going somewhere is, is a stronger capability if we can help him instead of hurting. Off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You can get in on the conversation at 641-1010. This is courtesy of 9478 up in the 912. Lamar is the second most overrated quarterback in the league right behind Justin Herbert. LOL, Mahomes' best target by far is his tight end. He seems to be doing A-OK. This one courtesy of 2644, our good friend Derek from Indiana, who says it really does sound like the owners colluded against Lamar. Don't think it's a coincidence that the Ravens gave him the lower franchise tag because that's the other part of this, Leon, the non-exclusive tag. You get paid less so that he could test the market. Once owners said no, then he has to take the lower offer from the Ravens. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The initial the initial thing that was on the table was $133 million guaranteed. Yep. They're asking him to take 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 $32 million, which is $100 million less than what was on the table, and then what he wants is $100 million more. So, once again, the player loses. 
The player loses. This franchise, the player loses in this situation once again. And, and you know I, what? I, it, when you have an agent, you can have your agent do the you know investigative work for you. You can see if there's teams out there that want me, how much they really want me, how much they're willing to pay for me. Will they do an entire guaranteed contract? Guess what? The guy doesn't have an agent. So the, all of that well, work behind the scenes could not have been done throughout this season. Well, I, listen. I, his mother's I, I, his I, agent. I, yeah. Well, you, him, you, him and his mother, but. He knows what he's worth. He, he knows what he's worth. He obviously worth. doesn't. He does. I, I don't mind him not having an I don't either. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with I'm all right with that. I, I, you know what? Him here. If, if he doesn't want to pay 3 or 4%, then I'm fine with that. I, I, you know, he, it might cost him in the long run. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe at some point he'll come to a deal that he likes with the Ravens. I don't know. We have no idea what would happen if he had an agent. We don't know. I mean, the history there, J.J., you're right. History with an agent certainly would, would, would suggest – that he at least would have an easier time doing this. And they think they think but, they might be able to kind of work through a little intimidation. Yeah, yeah, you know, of, co- of overwhelming course. Overwhelming him with their of information course. and power. Of course. I just I don't I don't mind him not I guess my whole thing is I don't mind him not having an agent because I like the fact that he keeps his money. It's his money. Yeah. And, and you gotta also understand what NFL owners and ownership is doing by being a stickler to Lamar Jackson so that they could, they could cancel out any of the future endeavors of guys doing being an agent by themselves. So this could be tactical. Mm-hmm. You don't, it could be tactical. It could be, you don't have an agent. You're your own agent. And this could be a tactical slight at Lamar Jackson that reason why you're in this position is because you're, you're being your own agent. Don't tell me that the NFL doesn't influence and act like that as well. Uh, the, this I, could I, be very I, tactical. Yeah, I do believe you, and I think that, the, you know, kind of what I was saying to Matt is the intimidation. They can just say, you know, they start throwing all this verbiage, all these oh. offset numbers, just to try and basically intimidate him a little bit. And then, yeah, that is a tactic, for sure. Uh, but I, I think you, we, what we're doing is we're adding all this stuff up. This is this is why it's it, it's it's come to a head. And stubborn uh, is a good thing, I think, on Lamar's part, that he is representing himself. But they still, NFL teams, still – want to have standard operational procedure, SOP. That's what they want. No, I know that, but I, I honestly think Lamar is just like, look, this is what I want. I want to get paid. Everything's guaranteed, just like Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care about offices. I'm not doing any of that. I'm working for you. You're paying me, period. End of story. That's mm-hmm. what he wants, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen. So it's let's, clear it's not going to happen. Let's bring that part of it into the equation, which is the Deshaun Watson elephant in the room. The fact that a guy who had not played in over a year, who had many allegations – against him was able to cash in on 200 plus million dollars guaranteed has kind of reset what expectations are across the league and so you can't blame Lamar he he didn't have 26 women accusing him of you know sexual assault and therefore he feels like hey if Burs and Deshaun numbers are comparable mm-hmm. my team has won more games than Deshaun Watson's team has I didn't sit out a whole year Shouldn't I be getting some sort of slice of the pie that's in the same fashion as what Deshaun got? And so that's where I've seen a lot of people also discussing how this will affect the market going forward, at least in terms of guaranteed money. Will we ever see a deal quite like Deshaun Watson's ever again? Uh, I, I, I can't imagine it just being the, the one and done uh, with the direction that they were heading. Uh, I, I know that all these teams are fearful of all that dead cap space, committing uh, to someone long term, and, and it may not work out. I, I totally get all that. But, you know, to Source's point, you're playing a game for only so long. It's not like you're going to be playing it for, for, for decades unless you're named Tom Brady. Uh, and, and you want to get as much as you can. And the, it's been paved now, an avenue for them to get, what is it, 
better than 50%, now approaching mm-hmm. 60%, you know, whatever the total number is. But Lamar, I think they look at him as a, a roll of the dice. And, heck, Derek Carr got, however, what was the total, 70 million guaranteed for the first two years? Is that what it was? It sounded like that. Uh, around 70 million. And so they basically are saying, all right, we'll be on the hook for two years, but we're not going to be on the hook for, for anything beyond that. And I think that's how they're looking at Lamar, too. They can't help it. Well, I mean, listen, you know, it's interesting that the, that, the, that the team thinks that Lamar's a roll of the dice, you know, during the offseason. But the way he plays, the reckless uh, abandon that he plays with that gives them first downs and touchdowns, they don't, they don't think it's a roll of the dice then when he's playing in the football games. So it's interesting during the offseason, they figure out Lamar, we can't pay him that kind of money because, you know, he may get hurt, this, this, and that. But when the season starts – and Lamar balls out. That's why the reason why I call him L Boogie. When L Boogie goes out there and play, and he's reckless, and he and he, he play, he's flipping over people and scoring touchdowns. Oh, it's amazing how the organization and the fans get all excited about what he does. But now it's an issue during the offseason. But I mean, if honestly, if you're really looking at this, he plays 17 games this year, and he has 30 touchdown passes, and he runs for another 13. Mm-hmm. Guess what he's going to get? A big fat guaranteed contract. Will it be from the Ravens? That's the other question. I don't know. Somebody will give it to him. He has another big year like that, and he stays healthy. He'll get the contract. So because cool. somebody – it's a quarterback desperate league. Right. Yeah. Someone will pay him. But, but – I, think people, see the, I think people see the last couple years, Leon, yeah. and they see his injuries, and they're, and they're concerned by it. They're concerned that, you know, he takes, he takes a lot of hits. He absorbs a lot of big hits that are coming that he doesn't see. Right? True. And he's a guy who's one hit away from your playing your backup. Yeah. Well, the problem is, yeah, you know what, you know what yeah. the other problem is? Is that he was on the same clock that Josh Allen was, and Josh Allen got the big contract. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, he's bent about that, and I totally get it. Uh, and I can't remember the exact number of Josh Allen's guarantee, but it was pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as big as Deshaun's. And then, obviously, Deshaun's and all these other guys that got their deal. Look at $59 million to Aaron Rodgers. So it's driving Lamar crazy. But the other thing about Josh Allen, the – if he goes out and has another year where he's throwing more picks than expected and he's also putting his body in harm's way far too often, Buffalo's going to hit he, the pause button but on he's this available. bad boy too. He's available. You're right. That's You're the difference between Josh Allen and, and yeah. the, other cu- the other NFL quarterbacks that run. They're available. If you're available, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So ESPN's Field Yates put out this tweet yesterday, which I believe was later contradicted by his colleague Diana Rossini. Um, These are the teams that reportedly will not be pursuing a deal for Lamar Jackson. That includes the Atlanta Falcons, the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders, and the Las Vegas Raiders. And so with that said, who does that leave? Knowing that the New York Giants just inked Daniel Jones to a deal at the deadline yesterday. So they have Danny Dimes, presumably, for at least two years, if not the full four, that he was signed for. Then you look at the situation in Green Bay. Jordan Love is going to be the successor. And then the other wild card in all this, I think at least, what about San Francisco? What are they doing mm-hmm. out in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Well, they, they think they've got something, but they don't know. So they might not be <laughs> – the one that's going to kick down a door to get this deal done because they think they've got Brock Purdy. They don't know exactly how healthy and how soon. Uh, but they've got two wild cards. Think about that. Two wild cards. What was it uh, with Trey Lance? Was it a broken ankle? Yes. Uh, yep. I, I, yeah. And so they know he's going to be back and he's going to be ready to go. But who is he? <laughs> how good is he? 
Is it they spent three that... first-round pick, picks on him, so are you yeah. really going to move on that quickly? It looks like the Jets are going to move on that quickly from Zach Wilson, who was a first-round pick. They didn't have to give up a ton of capital to get to him. But, you know, and that also speaks to what Matt was saying of the state of the quarterback, like, the, the you know, the what the quarterback means in, this, in the quarterback-driven league. If it's not working out in the first two, three years, you're moving on. Mm-hmm. And so what's – They're the moving on from the number two overall pick. Yeah. The Jets are. In two years. Think about that. That's how quarterback desperate this league is. They're moving on from the number two overall pick mm-hmm. two years into his career. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. Number or three. 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 Excuse yeah, me. But three. still, it, 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 heck, uh, Trubisky was number two overall pick, I'm pretty sure. But it took when, him. When, when he was in he Chicago. He went out the duration of the contract, yeah, though. Yeah. He did. He. They didn't pick up that last option, though, right? No, they didn't pick up the option, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. he so did he went play four years. all I got four you. years. Yeah. yeah, he did have Nick Foles kind of. Yeah, whereas you know, Trey Lance is two years into this bad boy, and, yeah. and they really they have no clue or confidence uh, in what they got. We all, we've all said it, one way or another, that position is is worth so much more than just one pick or one player or one contract, because it it it's the hit, the you know the linchpin of everything else that they've got. That's why whenever we say. This team, you got your quarterback. Uh, that that is such a uh, yeah, such a financial windfall because your money that you're being, that you're, you're spending is worth it. It's probably it's probably a, a bargain to have T Law doing what he's doing right now. JJ, can I read this one from forty three forty seven? He's got a couple funny lines for us. Uh, no, for, you can't read that one. No, I can't read that line. Dang <laughs> nope, it. Nope, Dang it. Nope. He do, he does, I, just, I just saved your job right there. Uh, thank you, sir. You're uh, he does also note that, you know, it's bad enough to negotiate with an agent. Imagine having to negotiate with Mama. And Mama's been uh, his advisor yep. uh, as much as possible. And she's just trying to look. Uh, uh, she's trying to be as clear thinking as possible. Remove some of the emotion that Lamar has. Uh, but again, the legalese, we get stuck in that stuff. The offset costs are, 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 it's a big part of contract language. And trying to figure that part of it out is something that probably one side or the other is being stubborn. So on. listen, I, I, you guys know me. I am a Tua fan, okay? Mm-hmm. What about El Boogie going back home yep. to Miami? I've been saying it for and, and years. He play, and he, he's it's, the El Boogie of old, and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And what does that offense look it, like? I, I he's say, got Waddle, he's got Tyreek Hill. I would say two things that, that it's not impossible and it's plausible. He's motivated by going back home. Stephen Ross me? is not afraid to tamper. We he'll know sp- that. And he'll spend money? Until you tra- you're a trade Tua? I thought you was a Tua fan. I am. I just said that. I'll, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. That's all. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. Giving up on your he, boy? He would, be, he would be highly motivated to play well oh, yeah, in, his, in his hometown. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. Matt, I would like to give you a shout-out for your uh, finding the Chicago Bears tweet of 50 days till the draft and tagging one Taylor Dahl, um, in which this meme of Michael Scott from The Office uh, <laughs> is shaking hands uh, with another businessman, and it's the social media team and user 23928 who tell, tells us who to draft. Uh, well, we're going to tell the Jaguars who to draft coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to look through some more combine eyes, maybe some other targets. I've seen a lot of folks on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures sending us the lists of some of the prospects that have formally interviewed with the Jaguars as more of those names make their way into the conversation. All right, so let's stay on that. Uh, JJ had a wide-ranging number of guesses for balls in the drink contest 
uh, with the Golf Club of Southampton offering up a foursome for whoever gets the closest over the total of the tournament. How many balls land in the water at 17? I'm throwing a dozen golf balls in there. Uh, JJ, real quick, you've had anything from what to what? Low to high. What yeah, are they? Yeah, uh, low to high, a high of 108, low wow. of 12. So okay. we've had a lot of people uh, in between it, that. And trust me, wind up, it can climb. Wind uh, low, it can be as low as, as, as 12. So another round, 6-4-1-10-10. Uh, if you want to jump in, J.J. will take them. But we say thanks to our man Derek Stefano at the Golf Club of Southampton uh, for hooking us up with the foursome. You can get hooked up with the foursome. Just head on out there, especially if you are coming into our city, our neck of the woods, the first coast. You want to enjoy a great golf course. Make sure you check out the Golf Club of Southampton. Now, you guys already had some of these brownies, right? I'm about to mm-hmm. dive into a cookie. Yeah, yeah. Big Sir, you're going to go cookie you're going to go brownie? Trying to stay disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are not. He's waiting here. for the tacos. Is what on, waiting for. Yeah, exactly. They, they may be coming as well. Uh, it's XL Prime Time. This is XL Prime Time, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We are here at beautiful TBC Sawgrass, the stadium course. We are on the eve of the players. We're going to roll through some tee times early tomorrow morning. Take a look at those big groups, and obviously you'll be able to hear it all day long here on the Superstation as we get ready for the crown jewel event of the PGA Tour. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton for treating us today, our Wednesday sponsorship, to a nice little contest. Balls in the drink. We'll tell you all about that. But let's go back to JJville for a little of that here real quick. That just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars it's letter written by a player players tribune season is here to stay in jacksonville as calvin ridley has now penned his own note with regards to his past year being suspended by the national football league and now joining the jaguars uh matt don't worry i'm not going to read some of these lines because there is some profanity and uh i do <laughs> I, I do want to protect my job but uh, i just read the first few graphs of it and you know say what you will about the players tribune but it does seem like it's a pretty open letter from the newest jaguar mm. so worth worth taking a look into he talks about how you know he paid the price he's seen all the jokes he's seen the hate he is owning up to this. Like, he still loves football. His body was breaking down. And so, a uh, really good read that literally just dropped about five minutes ago on the Players' Tribune. Mm-hmm. Well, the Players' Tribune, it, you know, sometimes, look, they, they encourage him to do certain things, talk about certain things. Right. Like, it's not, it, you know, it, let's be real. It's not Calvin Ridley himself penning yeah, this. Like, it, he it, has some people helping him. Right. And it's not all scripted, but, you know, it, it's, it is a good forum. Uh, what would Leon have written back in the day if he was on the Players' Tribune? Would it be fourth down and damn alignment story? Is that what, is that what would come out on the Players' Tribune? Well, <laughs> I tell you what, it would be authentic if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, it would. Exactly. I would have somebody else writing for me. Yeah, huh? exactly. <laughs> you don't need that help. You don't need that help. No. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, um, uh, it, would be, it would have been interesting, that's for sure. But, look, th- here's a guy that's got the opportunity to start anew, prove that he can come back and be uh, a – how about can you come back and be a different person but the same player? I, I don't even know that he even had uh, huge vices that he had to deal with as far as gambling is concerned. We have no idea. No, Remember, no. He, uh, Leon, he stepped away for at least the early, uh, you know, before that story broke about him gambling for right. mental, mental health. Yeah, concerns. at least a month, right? Yeah, at least a month. I think yeah. about right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, listen, I've always said this, the best proponent for any athlete 
I think have, should have to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, if they take the, if they start taking the NFL for granted, is that if you take their playing time, yep. or their money away from it. And he's had a year and a half taken away from it as far as football goes, it's and big. he's missed it, and he's missed money. Yeah. So I mean, he he's, he probably has more of a farm appreciation for the fact that. He was blessed with all these abilities, mm-hmm. and he's playing a game. He's getting played a boatload of money, and just don't do anything stupid. And now you're young, and I understand you're young, and you do silly things when you're young, especially when you you make a lot of money. You think you're bulletproof. You don't think anything happened to you. But when something does happen to you, you hopefully you learn from it. This this is a teachable lesson for any athlete out there. To just you know, don't do anything silly that's going to compromise your ability to maximize your dollar mm-hmm. here in the NFL. Now, you can get, if you're the Jags, the benefit of it is he might be hungry. He might oh, he be should re- be. He Hopefully. might be really hungry. Right. You know, because he lost, let's be honest, he bet 1500 He lost $11.1 million. Yes. So he might be out there to say, okay, not only am I hungry to prove that I can still play in this league, mm-hmm. but I'm hungry to prove that I can get another contract in this league. Mm-hmm. And now with the, with the rate – that receivers are earning right now because of his friend Christian Kirk on this team. He might get a nice little contract if he comes back Absolutely. and has a nice year. Absolutely. It might be like that Jay-Z song, Please Let Me Reintroduce Myself. <laughs> That's what he should be thinking. That's exactly how he should be thinking. Yeah. Hey, y'all forgot that, exactly. you, know, I, you know, like you said, I was one of the top 20 receivers before I left this game. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can get you 1,300. I can get you 90 balls caught. Yeah. I can get you 10 touchdowns a game. You know, and I'm not sure if he's going to get all that, right. you know, here in Jacksonville, but the potential is out there. Right. So it, 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 it is encompassing upon himself to go out there and prove to us, because we took a huge gamble mm-hmm. with getting, going after Calvin Ridley, and hopefully it pays off for us, and he could be a part of something special here. I mean, listen, we're putting together projectedly, you know, I know this is offseason optimism, but with Trevor Lawrence and the weapons that we have with ATN and all that kind of stuff. Right. Listen, on the big board, we we gotta be we gotta be top five when it comes to weapons in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm talking not talking about this the AFC. I'm talking about the NFL. Right. We gotta be on the big board, the top five. W- you one? you gotta be thinking. Yeah. You have got to be thinking big, big. This yes. Year. Yeah. And next year, and, I mean the year after that, you gotta be thinking Super Bowl. I don't know how well, you think anything other than that right now. Yeah, let, let me throw at the Calvin Ridley part of this, Leon, like mm-hmm. you're talking about. Who has he was considered one of the top wide receivers? Think of all the guys that have stepped up since he stepped away. Yeah. Think of what Justin Jefferson right. has done. Yes. Think of what Jamar Chase has done. Yep. Yep. Think of all these guys that have now moved up Waddle. that ladder. Yeah, Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle, on and on and on with these guys Devonta that have come Smith. in. Devonta Smith yeah. as a Heisman Trophy winner, comes AJ. in at 21. Uh, heck, yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and there has to be the frustration of him having to be sitting home and looking at guys that he was comparable to. Mm-hmm. Ascend beyond him now. Mm-hmm. You being able to sitting home watching these guys that you were they were relatively compared you to just ascend to that next level, and you can't do anything about it because you did something silly. You had to sit home. That in the eleven point one. Yes, and the eleven point one. So I did just read, kind of peruse it, most of the Players Tribune article that Calvin Ridley just authored, and it is tremendous. Um, he not only talks about having to be away from the game this past year because he was suspended for gambling, he talks about the anxiety attacks that he was suffering during the 2021 season, which was part of why he was on a break. He was on a, a leave of absence, I should say, when the alleged gambling occurred on the online gambling site. Uh, he also talks about his upbringing, and he talks about you know his family. But I'm going to just read this one graph for you because I know I already have a, a thought of what Leon's response is going to be. 
right now I feel stronger than I've ever felt, mentally and physically. On the field, I'm flying. Believe me, I am flying. That GPS band, don't lie. On my daughter's name, if I'm healthy with Trevor Lawrence, I'm giving Jacksonville 1,400 yards a season, oh, period. Bring it on, bring Love it on. It. He had, I think it was in the neighborhood of 1,386 uh, with his last full season, and then they, and then but, whatever that other number was, they extrapolated the last 17 games. It was right around the same number. I didn't yeah, like yeah, the qualifier yeah. there. Yeah. I did not like well, the qualifier, was if I'm healthy. I don't like that. Oh, well. I don't like the sound of that qualifier, well, man. It's just, it's just, you know, if I'm out there, if I'm able to play, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. You know? All right. Yeah. But, but, he does but have he, a hammy history, you know. He, well, he, see, that's why I don't, don't jinx him. Don't now. you be bringing don't that you up. Don't you do that. Don't you do that, Ricky Bobby. Don't you do that, Ricky Bobby. Don't you do that. Also, the qualifier, when he says, I'm going to give you 1,400, if, if not, what is he prepared to give away? Yeah, you got to be put, put some money on it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be yeah, nice. Give the Jags uh, your salary back. I, I think, <laughs> I think JJ or excuse me, I think Sirs just tried to bet him. Hey, He's like, <laughs> I think he just tried to bet uh, him. Yeah, you got some, you got a bold statement. Let's put some money on it. Yep, because uh, what what is our uh, contest going to be in the fall? The uh, Stone Cold uh, Lead Pipe Ridley Locks. Uh, we're going to come up with some of those as far as our our picks. Each Are you going to taunt him like that? Are you really <laughs> no, going to do that? No, no. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, you know, just coming back and putting yourself back in the conversation. That's what he's trying to do. And there are so many dynamic playmakers out there. Uh, think of the last two years for Stephon Diggs. Uh, mm-hmm. And you mentioned A.J. Brown earlier, leaving Tennessee and going up to uh, Philadelphia. Just how much uh, you know, it was just an eye-opening experience for him. Uh, all these guys have been able to to basically pop. And once you have those types of guys that you can throw the ball to, which is what Trevor's – Really, I'm thinking licking his chops over. Oh, it's going to be good. It's definitely going to be good. We'll see whether or not. My they gosh! Can... Imagine what his. Think about what he had around him game one with Urban. I know we talked about this a few days ago, but it, yeah. the difference between then and now, and, and, and just for the way he's played as well, and the way he's developed. Wow! Mm-hmm. This, I mean, potentially this offense just. Just scary good. Well, scary I, good. I love our boy John Shipley of Jaguar SI Report. He tweets out the still shot of bulky embracing Calvin Ridley. And he goes, this looks like a man who doesn't even remember who his ex-receiver was in 2021. Wow. <laughs> what a world. What a world we live in. Mm-hmm. I do want to dive into some of these names of some of the prospects that have reportedly met with the Jaguars. Do we want to do that now or you want to wait till we want to wait a segment? We want to kind of lay, lay the land, yeah, say we'll some lay, of the names? Yeah, we'll lay the land out okay. and, uh, as far as what the possibilities yep. are. And then, you know, just one from Dempsey. San Francisco uh, could not sign Lamar to an offer sheet until after the NFL draft because they do not own their first-round pick this year. So that is interesting. I've forgotten about that. So I'm glad he pointed it out. Um, and So we'll, so they nor could the Dolphins. They don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, really yeah. Now. So we'll just see what, what falls just in terms of, you know, who's going to be aggressive. And like we said, they have options. They, they, they may not be great options, but, heck, Brock Purdy came out of the box from Mr. Irrelevant to 7-0. and So he definitely was pretty good, and they have options. So we'll find out what they end up deciding to do and what others uh, decide to do. All right, our man, uh, Derek DiStefano, all the vows except you from the Golf Club of Southampton, uh, hooking us up with a foursome for our Balls in the Drink contest. We'll get another round of callers predicting how many balls will go in the water in seven uh, on 17 over the course of the week coming up here in a second. But I need to be mentioning that the nine after five starts next Wednesday. What? 
Yes. Okay. Once we turn the clocks back on Saturday, we will have that golf course later in the evening. It's the nine after five. We tee it up a little after five to make sure everybody can knock off work, can get there and have a big time. So we'll give you all the details as we get ready for it. But start making plans next week, nine after five at the beautiful Golf Club of Southampton. That means we play a nine hole game. You got food afterwards, prizes. Chef Gary's always cranking out something good. So we love it when we get ready for that. And we'll be rolling all during the spring, summer, and fall. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Before we completely space, I do want to give a shout-out on this fine Wednesday at TPC Sawgrass. On the basketball front, to St. John's Country Days, Talia Scott, who is the Florida Gatorade Player of the Year. And, of course, she is headed to Arkansas to play for the Razorbacks next year. St. John's Country Day coming up just short in the Final Four last year week we continue the golf conversation and more importantly we continue the Jaguars conversation before we send Leon off for the day on a beautiful Wednesday at the Players Championship Mio O'Brien, Josie Matt Hayes Leon Searcy so here's a list that one of our nooners has been keeping boys uh-huh. as far as pre-draft meetings that the Jaguars have had with prospects now when I list off some of these names bear in mind Some of them are from the Hula Bowl, so you're not necessarily getting top prospects there. Some of them are from the Tropical Bowl, not exactly uh, another, you know, uh, Combine-esque list. But then you do have the NFL Combine, which at the NFL Combine, pretty much all 32 teams meet with the top 10 players. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much much understood. So we'll begin with those names um, because one of them is one that I really want to pay attention to because reportedly the Jaguars are going to have another visit with him at least in in the near future if not has not already happened. So Osiris Torrance of Florida, that was reported over the weekend that he did indeed meet with the Jaguars and I can confirm that. Keely Ringo as well, defensive back, University of Georgia. Wide receiver Jaden Reed, Michigan State. Running back Tank Bigsby, Auburn. Running back Tyje Spears, Tulane. And offensive tackle, a name that's really picking up steam here in Duval County, or at least on Jaguars Twitter, mm-hmm. Darnell Wright, Tennessee. So the name that I want to circle, though, in particular is Tank Bigsby because now there's more reports coming out that he could have another interview with the Jaguars. And so my question is this. How soon do you believe the Jaguars will draft a running back, and do they use premium capital like a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick on a guy like Bigsby, who, Matt, I know you're obviously familiar with from his time at Auburn and everyone's familiar with from a certain Iron Bowl game a few years ago? Uh, well, first off, Tyus Spears is a really good player. He had like 1,500 yards at Tulane. But he's he's like more of an ETN-type player. Mm-hmm. He's not a between-the-tackles-push-the-pile like Bigsby is. Bigsby's going to get you third and short. Or fourth and short, you give him the ball, he'll get it. Um, I don't know that Ty Spears is that type of guy. Doesn't mean I mean it doesn't mean you don't draft him. I'm just saying he he's had a, a couple good years at Tulane, had a really big year last year. Tank Bigsby, we've all watched him. I mean he he's got good speed. He's a big dude. He's powerful. That'd be fun as hell. Uh, Darnell Wright is a guy who moved from left mm-hmm. because Gerald Mincy came from Florida and won the left tackle spot at Tennessee. So he moved to right tackle and played even better. So if they're looking for a right specific right tackle, which they could be, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean he's he's a guy that's right now climbing up draft boards. Mm-hmm. Right. Is he a plug and play guy? 
Uh, he played really well last year. Could he compete with Walker Little in, in, no. in training camp? No. No, he can't. No. Not right now? No. Okay. But I, I mean, I, I mean, he's, there, he's there for them. I mean, my guess is he's there. He's there for, my he's guess for, is, if, yeah, if they're, if, if they're picking him, he's going to be the backup. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're moving Cam, and then you've got a rookie at right tackle and you got Walker Little left. Or mm-hmm. is it the succession plan we've talked about, and I've heard that Trent Baalke would reportedly be comfortable with, of you're rolling with Cam and Walker, and then if you say goodbye to Cam in 2024, you would have this guy waiting in the wings. I'm not using 24 on a succession plan. Well, no way. No, no. So, you think Dar- so you think Darnell Wright's number 24. Oh, he's gonna, he he's might not get 56. Picked, no, he might get picked late in the first round. He's moving. Like, he's moving up quick. He had a really good combine. I, I mean, that's I just me. I'm thinking the 24, it better be a guy that can play right now, right away, first play of the season. Mm, yeah, I probably agree with you. And if you are going to move Cam, you're going to move Walker over. Aren't you, Leon? Even though he he might be a full year at right tackle, wouldn't you still think about moving him over to his more natural position at left and yeah, letting him, let him be your permanent guy? Yeah, because this notion that you could just move Walker a little to right tackle and he's good. I mean, most left tackles don't want to play right tackle or, or even aren't that good at playing right tackle. I mean, I know you say, well, Leon, it's just a, it's just a, you're, you're moving, your, your, your left hand is down, and then it's just putting your right hand down. Yeah, but if you played it all your life, I mean, Walker Little's been playing left tackle since he was in high school. He was a top prospect. Then he went to college. He was playing. He played it. Right. And you can say essentially, you can move him to right. I mean, if, if all fails, you can move him to right. But he's a left tackle. I mean, why not? You just go get you a right tackle, right? Or do something with, with Jawan Taylor. So I mean, you got a fixture. I, here's the thing. I just don't want there to be any issue with our bookend tackles mm-hmm. with with the franchise. And, and the, and, well, and if you don't want any issues, then you keep then you keep Juwan. Well, well, no, no, no. See, that's the thing. You you're you have to figure out where uh, you can move on or bite the bullet. And they do not have the luxury right now, at least based on the numbers we're looking at. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the luxury of of paying that high price for that position. You know what they have the luxury of? Drafting Walker Little, okay, and so now you got to hope that if he does move over, like Leon's describing, more natural position, then you either do it a little bit later in this particular draft, like we're talking about, or the next draft you're spending a, a higher piece of draft capital to get your right tackle going forward. Because once they clip Cam's numbers next year, Mia, you were saying that obviously the. The less dead cap space, the better. Mm-hmm. And then the cost, obviously, is a little more. You can handle it if it's next year. What is that? Cap's, getting, it's, it's, cap's getting larger yeah, next year. Right, and the cap yeah. is also getting larger next year, but also you're going to have to start looking at paying Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Travis Etienne, and, and Walker, Walker Little. Walker will be going to the uh, final Tyson year Campbell. Like, yeah. You're going to have to start thinking about paying those guys. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to be allotting some funds for that. Next year in 2024, Cam Robinson expected to have a cap number of 22.75, the highest on the roster behind, or excuse me, ahead of Foye Oluwakin, who is slated to have a $21 million cap hit. Brandon Scherf, who will have a $21.5 million cap hit. Christian Kirk, 21.5. And then Trevor Lawrence at 11.7. But, but the thing is, you're not going to you're not gonna have to pay those guys. You might have to pay Trevor out of good faith. You don't have to pay Little. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay Campbell. Not yet. Any. Well, Campbell, you might. Campbell, you might. But you don't have to pay the, you don't have to pay the, the, the guys that, you know, especially ETN. I don't know if you even pay ETN. I think you just go tag, option tag, tag, tag till yeah. he's done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it can be done. I mean, other franchises do it all the time. All the time you see them keeping lines together. So if you want it bad enough, I think it can be done. 
So mm-hmm. another name that was put in this notes app that one of our good old nooners put together and sent out on Twitter and on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures was McClendon Curtis, um, who's a guy who played four positions along the offensive line at UT Chattanooga. I asked specifically some of my guys over at the stadium if they knew about him, and apparently, for whatever the reason, the Jag scouts have kind of been circling up there in Chattanooga. I'm not so familiar with that UT C program, the FCS program, but apparently, again, this would be a guy that he could play in the interior, he could play either tackle position, even if he would be a bit more undersized at both of those spots. And so, but that's to me almost like you're just going to draft Ben Barch again, where you can play multiple spots and availability is the best ability. And I get that, but do you really want that or are you looking for a third tackle like you had this past year where you have three potential starting tackles? I mean, if if Jawan leaves, Leon, you've got to draft a tackle, do you not? You absolutely have to draft yeah. a tackle. Yeah. And probably pretty high. Yeah. Probably yeah. second round. Second round, yeah, absolutely. You've got to get somebody in there that, that can be a fixture in the rotation if somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But then you, you, you're going to – yeah, because you have Walker. If Cam goes down, Walker can go there, the right tackle can go in there. But you need a swing guy. Right. A swing guy that could play the position. Yeah. yeah you you absolutely. had the interior swing guys with Shatley and Barch. Shatley and, and Barch, yeah. I mean, your swing guy now is Walker, really. Yes, he's, he's a he's, starter, yeah. but he's a swing guy. He's a swing guy, yeah. 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 He is, like right now, what we know, I'm making the assumption he's the starter. Oh, I yeah. am making the assumption. At this point in time, they, yeah, knowing the cap space. Yeah. They have moved mm-hmm. on, and they know it's going to be a difficult sign, and they made the decision. And I'm just guessing, again, this is just a guess, but I believe this to be true, is they said, okay, let's look at the numbers. It's 11 for a tight end who is valuable to what we're doing, extremely valuable, and it's 18 for the right tackle which should be the less expensive of the two guys that we're paying playing that position. And we dra- We don't have a backup tight end. What did I tell you guys the other day? They just barely b- built the tight end room. He's the only guy in that room that can make plays for them on a regular mm-hmm. basis. And you've got Walker Luke Little. Luke Farrell has a great family, though. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, but you've got Walker Little on the other side ready to do work. And that's why you got to go that route. Off you te- have to. Off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, courtesy of 1942. At this point, I would be very disappointed to use any draft capital on a running back. In my opinion, you'd be better off taking a chance on an edge, a tight end, or interior offensive line. Those are far more valuable to a team like ours who are not a running back away from winning at all. So, first and foremost, if the Jaguars are to draft, Tank Bixby or Tajay Spears. It would be Matt's third round. But they're both not going in the yeah. first or second. Yeah. Third round, right. fourth round, so it's not premium, but obviously that would take the place of, you know, maybe this third or fourth tier of tight ends or offensive linemen. Um, but at the same time, Leon, this is a pass first offense. So we saw them pick up Jamichael Hasty on waivers. They've now extended him. So it is fascinating to see that running back is a position they have interviewed heavily with, knowing that. Do they really invest all that much outside of Travis Etienne at the position? Well, I mean, that's got to be an indictment on Snoop Conner. I mean, Snoop Conner's only been in the league. I mean, initially, Snoop Conner, when we came in, we thought initially he was going to be the move the pile type of guy. You know, we saw him sporadically during the season, and he had some okay games. Don't give up yet, man. Don't give up on him yet? No. I mean, okay. if, if I'm the Jags, well, I'm, you spend a fourth-round pick on him? Don't give up yet. Yeah, but you're already interviewing other guys. It's all right. To, to, to drive. You got Hasty too. It's all right. Hasty. Well, you're interviewing all other guys. I mean, if, the, if, if if he was more of a staple, you think they'd be interviewing other running backs? I, I, I mean, bringing in probably here? not, but I, I think it's, it's on them to develop him then. You've used that pick on him. It's on you to develop this kid. Okay. If, he, if you need a short-down guy – a short yardage guy, he's got to be your guy. Develop him. Well, if they...
somebody use a late round pick just like they did with him, it, it could it could easily be move on. You know, it, it's one or the other. They're just not going to go spend a bunch of money. We're going to talk to Brent Doherty uh, in the two o'clock hour about the idea of what would you be willing to, to give up to get Derrick Henry. And uh, we can't afford that exercise right now because it's too, way too expensive here. But at least other teams are going to be entertaining that. Well, well, listen, the Jaguars are interviewing guys to draft another running back in the third or fourth round. Uh, Snoop Connor's job is on the line. Come yeah, of course. Care. He's got to make the team. Yeah. Well, that's the way of the world. Right. And we talked about that, I think, last week, Leon, about the fact that he didn't really flash in camp last year. It looked like at times he was still learning mm-hmm. how to play football. You know, maybe it was a bit of more of a learning curve, but I wouldn't think, Matt, going from lane system to the NFL, that it would take him that much time. Yeah, I mean, guys are guys are different. Every, I mean, the adjustment is different for every guy. He played well in, in in college. He wasn't their number one back. They shared, they shared time. That's what a lot of colleges are doing now because that's what the NFL does now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. It's if it's, if it's about the adjustment, like you guys said, like it didn't look like he was ready. I still, I'm not giving up on him. I mean, mm-hmm. you, I mean, that's a, a right. fourth round pick is that, a a fourth round pick, especially from where they were picking. So among the top what 130 picks, you can't give up on that man. You got to develop him. No, and that's mm-hmm. what has to happen. Balky has to get the right guy. That's number one, like you're you're suggesting, and then Doug Peterson and company need to make. Now Doug has made other guys. Mm-hmm. players that you didn't know a lot about that you know about Kenneth Gamewell that you know about Boston Scott there are just so many of these guys go back to who was our dude Clement uh, in the Super Bowl just dudes that you did not know about and he was able to make them players mm-hmm. scheme wise yeah. and it goes back to our Paco Pacheco I was just going to say Pacheco in, in, in the fifth round he was outside of the top 150 in the draft mm-hmm. and made big time plays for the Chiefs yeah. same type of scenario and setup here yeah. you know Right. But Pixers. the Tank, the tank yeah. Bigsby thing I did find fascinating, though, to Leon's point. Is yeah. it an indictment on Snoop Connor, or is it a suggestion that the Jaguars recognize how much they really need a power back to complement Travis Etienne and Jermichael Hasty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, well, no, no, no. If, I mean, if you pick Bigsby, it's going to be in the third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. And if you pick him in the third or fourth round, it's not even that, it's, it's not even that he's not going to push Snoop, but Snoop's done. You're not, you're, not, yeah, yeah, you're not using a third what, or fourth round that's pick. That's what I'm and saying. Having four running backs, exactly. you're going to have three backs. He's a wrap. It's a wrap. Right. Yeah. All right, Big Sirs, it's a wrap for you? Yeah, it's a wrap. You're going to hang around a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to hang around a little bit. You know, me and me and Matt Hayes. You got a cigar? Yeah. I didn't bring my cigar. There you go. I had to bring one tomorrow. Absolutely. Oh. I'm slipping. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. Bari Breakdown coming up. Oh, baby. Here we go. Gio joining us. Live from the studio, we yeah, couldn't get yeah. him on the course. That's all right. He's yeah. he's such a hardworking guy. He we'll is. talk to Dr. Geo and I'll do a whole lot more coming up next, right here on XL Primetime. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in. Hot. Well, he's coming in hot. We don't have our eyes on Geo. Like we normally do in studio. Is he studio. Instagram living? He should but, be Instagram living. You no, know, he probably. Gio, could you do that? Could you fire up a little IG live right now uh, while you're in studio? <laughs> I could. You could, couldn't you? Go we'll ahead. Try. See if I know how to do it. All right, let's see. While you talk, and and see if you can go IG live, and then you'll go IG live, and then you'll talk to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are out here at the beautiful TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course. We wish you were out here, man. You could come on out and uh, just kind of stroll, but. 
you know, you're busy. You're one of the busiest orthopedic surgeons in the city of Jacksonville, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. If you have a sports injury question, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Uh, throw it uh, Dr. George Barry's way. You get free medical advice courtesy of XL Primetime. So, Doc, I wanted to throw a few at you from – the combine world okay and coming out of the combine you've got the medicals which you can speak to before i throw injuries your way this is where a lot of teams with their medical team will find out about injuries that may move a guy a little further down the draft board right yeah i mean this is where all the docs get together and talk about what surgeries were done and how it was done and they'll get mris and all these all these uh, athletes to uh to see you know how their recovery is how the repair was and then, as we have been seeing, they're also going to discuss all the new injuries that happened during the combine. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, one I'll throw at you, the first one, Jalen Hyatt, okay? And, Matt, you can you know, jump in on Jalen Hyatt, just, you know, how much of a stud he is and how much he's come up the draft boards with the way he which is catching touchdowns left and right uh, from uh, Hendon Hooker. But he goes to the combine – right hamstring pull when he was running routes during the position drills on Saturday. This is not a huge neg. It's not necessarily going to knock him down. But that in that, Doc, the last thing you want to see happen when you're trying to impress, uh, you know, p- potential future employers? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the last thing you want to you do is hurt yourself when you're trying out for the job. Uh, but luckily they have, you know, many games uh, of video and tape and highlights to, you know, make up for that. And so – you run in a, a forty-yard, forty-yard dash. How important is that when, when you have you know a whole year, two, three years of highlights of you doing well? Now, of course, these are numbers that are important, but the good thing is you do have a history behind you to kind of prove that you are you're good, and this injury is not going to dictate how well you're going to be. George, explain the hammy because you know as we know, Jackson Smith and Jibba, the wide receiver from Ohio State, basically opted out because of his hamstring injury this past season. Um, just explaining the different levels of the hamstring um, and how it takes longer to recover from those injuries, the different levels. Yeah, you know, you got one, two, three uh, grades for the injuries, and uh, there's a couple guys that have a grade two. I think one of the offensive linemen also has a grade two, making him run a 40-yard dash, which I know there's controversy over O-linemen running 40-yard dashes. But, you know, grade two just takes about four to six weeks. Grade three could take a little longer. Uh, grade one, a little shorter than that, about two weeks. But it just depends on, on the level of injury that you have on when you're going to be able to come back. And we've talked about hamstring injuries. Sometimes they can, you know, just be a nagging injury. You feel better, and then all of a sudden you go back and play and run, and then it kind of re-aggravates itself. And we've seen this in the past with, with numerous um, players in the NFL who get a hamstring injury then, and then go out to, to play because they think they're better, and then it just comes back. So it's definitely something where I tell my patients, if you have a hamstring injury and you feel like you're 100%, I tell them, wait a week just to give it a little bit more time because you don't want to be that person who goes out, feels great, and then you re-injure it, and now you're back you know, to where you started. You have to wait another four weeks, et cetera. We talk about hammies a lot with you, Dr. George Barry. We also talk ACLs a good amount. Uh, speaking of combine injuries, USC offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees tore his ACL during combine drills. Despite that, he still wanted to do the bench press. He did 38 reps essentially on one leg. Uh, can you walk us through 
When you're bench pressing, if you can only have one leg to do that, like what what goes into that? How impressive or how shocked are you to hear that? Or is it actually easier than people realize? Well, I mean, I think it's definitely difficult. You use your feet to kind of counteract and push against the ground. Uh, him hurting his AC, tearing his ACL, and then doing a bench press, I think is pretty impressive just for the fact that his knee was probably killing him when he was doing it and trying to push and just the pain that you have trying to push that and, and do bench presses. But, I mean, I think it's pretty impressive, and, and you know, props to him because he wanted to go out there and show that he can still, you know, he still has stuff in him to go out and play even when he's injured. And I think that's probably, you know, a good um, asterisk for him, for the other teams that are looking at him, even though he, he did tear his ACL. I think that's, that's a good side note that teams will see. Big offensive lineman for the University of Florida, Richard Garage. Uh, let's bring him up. We've got Dr. George Bari in studio as we are out here at TPC Sawgrass. If you've got a sports injury question, joint pain, whatever it might be, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. We've got a couple that I want to throw at you, uh, one from last week too, Doc. But Richard Garage, he goes out there and he's working out. He looked good at the Senior Bowl uh, in early February and then goes through the combine workout. And it's so funny because he put out basically on social media that he had a problem with a pain tolerance test, that he woke up with an ankle injury after a pain tolerance test, which led one of the NFL spokespeople to come out and say, hey, there is no pain tolerance test. The player underwent a typical physical exam. <laughs> can, can you read anything into that? <laughs> well, it seems like they just took him through a range of motion, and to him, whatever they did hurt him. So I don't know why he named it a pain tolerance test. I don't, that's not even a – I've never kind of heard that. But it, it honestly, it seems like just uh, – Agent speak of this is my player's injured not because of him because of someone else, but um, I don't I don't quite understand what he meant by that. I think he's just trying to give a reason on why his ankle is hurting. Well, I mean, if, some, if 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 someone in the NFL, what a team official says, tell me when this hurts. Could he have seen it as that as a as a pain tolerance thing? I mean, it's possible. You know, I don't know if did he have an ankle injury before. Uh, you yeah, know, I, I can know. see a lot of times with these physicals, if someone had, for example, like a shoulder, previous shoulder instability uh, surgery, you'll take it through a range of motion and you'll and you'll stress it just to make sure that it's not unstable still. I don't know if he had an ankle injury before, but if he did, I can definitely see them doing some stress examinations on it just to make sure it's still stable. But they're not going to sit there and yank on it until, you know, until you say, ow. They're just going to take it through a range of motion and standard stability test to make sure that, it, that it's okay. If you have a question for Dr. Barr, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. And if we don't get to that today, the boys will get to it with Breaking Bones later this week, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Doc, this one just dropped. Part of Calvin Ridley's letter to the, to the football world mm-hmm. in the Players' Tribune. He reveals that he played most of the 2020 season in which he had 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns with a broken foot. So he really only played on one foot, quote, for real. He actually had played through bone spurs his first two years and just gritted through it with painkillers. So I'm curious, Doc, now knowing what we know now and also knowing that he's had about a year and a half to recover from such injuries, but how do you, number one, play on a broken foot? And number two, what's the difference between that and these bone spurs he's alluding to? Well, that's a good question. How do you play on a broken foot? I mean, it's very difficult. I I wonder what kind of – breaks they are if I had to guess they're probably what they call stress reactions or stress fractures mm-hmm. although those are still very painful that's kind of 
what I think it was for him to be able to play through a season. Because if you have a, a straight fracture through and through, um, it's going to be very difficult to run that foot. But if you have a stress fracture where it only shows up on MRI and you have edema, that's something that you could push through if need be. Still very painful. Now, between that and a bone spur, a bone spur, there's a couple things. You get bone spurs from arthritis. You also get what we call traction spurs, and that's like where the Achilles attaches, and that's where your plantar fascia is on the on the calcaneus. So a lot of people say they call them bone spurs, although they're the kind of traction spurs. So it depends. True bone spurs are what we call osteophytes from arthritic changes. You get that in the ankle joint. You get that in the small little joints in the foot. He also had a, a traction spur, which is what you get kind of on the insertion of the calcaneus. You get that. They're very different because they're very different ideologies. But for a traction spur, if they do bother you, you can go in and take them out. We talk about that with the Achilles, with Haglund's deformities. You go in there and you just kind of cut off the bone, reattach the Achilles. But they're two uh, very different mechanisms uh, of how they happen. So Calvin Ridley goes on to say that when he got his MRI, the trainers told him it was just a bone bruise, so he kept playing in 2020. He took Tor Toradell shots every Sunday. He finished the season. Then, after finishing 4-12 and 12, and Dan Quinn and the entire Falcon staff got fired, a new training staff came in. They sent him to a specialist in Green Bay, and within the first hour, the doctor said, your foot is definitely broken. Yes. So, not exactly a good look on uh, Dan Quinn and whoever the training staff was up in Atlanta for well, those it, years. It sounds like that was a stress, stress fracture because stress fractures in the feet, especially in the metatarsal heads and stuff, those show up as, as edema or bone bruise. And sometimes it's very difficult to tell the difference between uh, just bone bruise and a stress fracture. Now, the fact that he had it the whole season, um, at that point, after a couple weeks, you, you should probably treat it like a fracture if it's not getting better and shut him down. You, you know, I don't know the, what exactly it looked like, but that's probably why there was some confusion over it because sometimes it's not as clear-cut if it's a stress fracture or just a bony edema or bone bruise. That's wild. That really is. All right, Doc, real quick, off the uh, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure before we get out of here. Uh, Doc, I had a decompression surgery and a fusion on my back. Now I have to have uh, have to have more where it looks like more discs are bad. Is there another surgery uh, or is there any other option? So I don't know. I'm assuming he needs another fusion. So the problem is when you fuse the neck and back, you get what we call adjacent disc disease. I don't know how long ago his fusion was, but after a certain amount, what happens is when you fuse a joint in the back, the other joints above it and below it have more stress put on them with your motion because now you have one level that's not moving. So you get adjacent disc disease. So those areas in the neck and the back above and below the joint that's fused have increased stress. And so you can look, there's a ton of studies on it. And yes, statistically, once you fuse one joint down the road, and I believe for the lumbar spine, once you hit 20 years, you're at a 50% chance of needing another fusion you do every year increases the chance that you will need another one. So that is correct. Um, obviously, if he had a fusion because he needed it, and unfortunately, there are repercussions to that. But at the time, if you're having you know numbness, tingling, neuropathy, severe back pain, there's nothing else to do if that's the treatment option than that. But don't be shocked if you get a fusion and then years down the road, they come at you and say, hey, uh, the level above and below that, that level that was fused is now wearing out. That's wild, yeah. Gio, before we let you go, I have to ask, uh, maybe we can hit at that for this, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to Front Office Sports, Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shad Khan has put his $200 million super yacht Kismet 
on the market. Gio, are you buying Kismet? Is that what you're holding out on us and not telling us? <laughs> I might buy the chair off the Kismet. <laughs> the basketball no. court's very nice. I will tell you that. Well, it, look, Doc, if one of our, you know, kind of financial uh, obstacle courses that we take ourselves through from time to time, if one of them finally pays off, maybe you and I will split the Kismet. One day, one day. Yeah, one day, one day. All right, I will see you Sunday morning, 7.30, Breaking Bones. Uh, and if they miss it, they can go find us where? Apple, Google, and Spotify. And on 1010XL.com and then uh, the Instagram doc. Yep, Dr. George Barr actually put the video of that bear procedure, mm-hmm. uh, that we t- the ACL we talked about. I saw it. Which actually, it. funny enough, I got a text message like last week that they, had, they talked about it on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, so that's pretty that was cool. Interesting. So the bear procedure, ACL, and it definitely uh, helps you get back to what you were doing quicker and, uh, and sturdy, too, which is great. All right, Doc, that sounds good, man. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Dr. George Bari, check out bariorthopedics.com. You can find out all their locations, every bit that they offer you when it comes to treating whatever it is joint pain-wise that you may have. They can definitely help. Uh, into the 2 o'clock hour, now we're going to say hello to Brent Doherty. It just so happens – Darty is just doing his afternoon show up in Nashville, and a surprise guest just calls him, just up and calls him. Hello, friends. So we'll tell you who that is coming up as we ask him about Derek Henry. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton, our sponsor on Wednesdays. And you want a great golf course, especially when you're here for the players. Call 287-PLAY. Head on out, see the great golf course, and get ready for the 9 after 5 next week. It cranks back up, and we will have... As Derek Stefano, let me know the taco buffet set up for the first <laughs> nine after five, which is just awesome. So Chef Gary will have the taco buffet set up, prizes, a fun game every week. So make sure you start making plans for next Wednesday with our launch of the nine after five. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So TMZ is reporting that Tiger Woods' girlfriend of about six years, the most recent girlfriend, is taking Tiger to court over an NDA that she claims he made her sign. She is citing a law that prohibits NDAs when there's evidence of sexual assault or harassment. So we don't know anything specific about the, the alleged sexual assault or harassment. That is not specifically stated in the lawsuit. But it mostly, Matt, is suggesting she just wants the NDA thrown out that apparently Tiger forced her to sign in August of 2017. Uh, yes, I will say this. There are two sides to every story. So until we hear both sides of this, um, I think we should keep an open mind, an yeah. absolute 100% open mind. Yeah, and so, and again, it doesn't say anything happened. It's just she's trying to deal with the NDA and trying to use uh, that. And we'll give you a little more information as far as what, is being said in the paperwork, uh, but the private trust uh, that Tiger runs is attempting to steamroll her, according to the TMZ report. All right, now let's talk to uh, one of our dudes up in Nash, Vegas right now. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. All right, so we will set this up. By saying hello to our man, Brent Doherty, 104.5 The Zone, uh, 3HL, uh, uh, up in Nash Vegas. What up, Brent? How are you, bud? Why do y'all want to talk to me, man? The team in this town is not <laughs> good at all. Hey, listen, I don't, I don't, this is, we're going to ask about Tennessee basketball. Like, no, we're going to ask yeah. about Tennessee oh, no, no, basketball. No, 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 no. All no. is well. This there you is, go, no, this is, we, we got that. 
this is when we want to talk to you, man, because your team sucks and this team doesn't. This is definitely <laughs> when we want to talk to you. This is why – remember, we did the uh, Battle of the Vills with the uh, heavyweight uh, championship belt, which I'm, I'm trying to create right now. It's ours right now. But the main reason – the main reason we wanted to have you on is because just like our show right now, there are a bunch of people out there driving around, listening, being entertained. Lo and behold, Brent and company on 3HL are doing their show. And take it from here, someone just calls up and says that they want to talk to you about Derrick Henry. And, and who was it? Well, uh, so a little backstory here. Last week, uh, so Slay – Ron Slay played at Tennessee, SEC Player of the Year in 2003, uh, one of my co-hosts, was reading through a, a golf tournament liner. Like, the zone has a golf tournament coming up. And so, as he's reading it, we, as he reads liners, we like to put various forms of music underneath it. So, we did the Masters, like, theme song. So, he read it, and, yes, yeah, like that. So, it was like, coming up in April, the zone golf tournament. A tradition unlike any other. Well, so... Jim Nance heard it because he lives in Nashville. He's been here for 18 months, he said. And so he called the listener line on Monday. So literally, like, line three was Jim Nance. And so we didn't know him. Our producer just said, uh, I think we have a celebrity caller. Because, you know, in this business, like, if people call and say there's somebody and they're, they're, they may or may not be that person, you don't want to you know, get embarrassed by falling for it or whatever. But it was, it was him. And he went at play saying that that was copyrighted material and he needs to uh, watch what he's doing. I mean, he just gave him a hard time. But uh, just great dude, great storyteller. Uh, he did tell us that this is year 37 for the NCAA tournament for him, and it's going to be his last, which I did not know that. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's going back to Houston where he went to school. And we actually got to talk to his roommate, Steve Elkington, yesterday right here on XL Primetime. And so his final, final four that he'll be calling will be back at his old stomping grounds where he played college golf and went to school. Yep, that's awesome. And he said uh, he said so his schedule will go from 47 weeks to 40 weeks in the year. Yeah. And he's going to spend the off. other 25 or uh, whatever, <laughs> well, 56 weeks in a year, right? 52, yeah. 52. 52. The, other tw- the other 12 weeks <laughs> of the right, year. Obama. Yeah. yeah, the other 12 weeks of the year he's going to spend <laughs> in Nash, Vegas. Not too shabby, Jimmy. A little yeah. bit better than, uh, than the yeah. Jersey Shore in Marlboro, New Jersey, where he hails from. I mean, I All right, brother, listen. If, if if y'all are accepting third and fourth round picks for Travis Henry, Travis Derek, Derek Henry, yeah, I, Derek. excuse me, Derek, I keep saying <laughs> Travis all the time. Uh, Derek Henry, I, I think this franchise will slide you a third or fourth for him. Figure out the cap later. What the uh, hell is going on? Yeah. There? Seriously. Well, it's funny because like uh, now you've got you've got a new general manager, so you know based on what I've heard about Rand Carthon and, and you know talking to him a little bit. He, he was the kind of guy that was going to come in here and put everything on the table, right? Like everything is an option, everything is a possibility, and then just start going from there. And so we've been talking about the potential of trading Derrick Henry since actually last offseason, um, but certainly now because he's got one year left on his deal, right? Like, and so that makes, that makes it hard to deal with him, actually. So, you know, I don't know. Like I, I think Titans fans think they can get, like, first round this year and a second round next year and, all, you know, Christian McCaffrey type stuff. But you're just not going to get that for a guy who's going to be 30 in 10 months who runs with that punishing style. You know he's going to hit the wall at some point. I personally think he's got another couple of really good years left in him. But um, but he's got one year left on his deal, right? And, and so I think if they could get a third and 
and a maybe a fourth next year, I would I would think you would have to do it. But to go back to Rand Carthon, so Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel, anytime they have media availability, they say the same things now. Like they're in lockstep on they want players that can do multiple things. Well, that's not Derrick Henry. You're paying this guy what you're paying him, and he's on the bench on third down, right? Like so. You look at, at San Francisco with running back by committee, Philadelphia running back by committee, Kansas City, kind of the same thing. Like, the elite teams are kind of going that way, and it makes me think that they might do that. Brent Doherty joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line as we have a flyover at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, sorry about all, that, Brent. I to turn all the mics. Yep, don't worry. We did turn the mics down, but we are still here, rest assured, and a beautiful <laughs> flyover with some uh, some helicopters. I believe they're headed to one of our many naval air bases here in Jacksonville, or maybe not. Um, but, Brent, with regards to the Tennessee Titans, obviously that's the Derrick Henry bit of news that came out yesterday. But this team yeah. has been slashing cap space left and right. I'm just going to come out yeah. and ask you, are they tanking? Is this team about to enter a rebuild? So we're trying to figure out what word is acceptable to use. Because, I mean, is it a full-on rebuild? My, my answer to that would be no. Uh, but they are definitely retooling. There's no question about it. And they have to, right? Like Because they've fallen behind uh, Jacksonville, uh, maybe Indianapolis, depending on what they do with their roster this year. And, you know, Houston's going to draft Bryce Young or somebody, right? Like, so – so they've got to do something. I, I think there are so many holes on this roster that, you know, they've got so many things that they need to address. Um, so, so wherever they can save money, they're going to do it. Now, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to be QB1 next year because who else are you going to get? Like, who's better than him? And I think that's a one-year thing. I think he'll redo his contract because – he currently, Ryan Tannehill currently sits at 16% of the Titans' salary cap. 16%. And to put that in perspective, Patrick Mahomes is 17% of the Kansas City salary cap. Now, which guy would you rather have? And they literally count against the team basically the same amount. So, you know, they got to do something with Ryan Tannehill's contract. They need desperate help in terms of speed at wide receiver. You guys know, you, you saw him at least twice this year. Um, and offensive line is a couple train wreck. I mean, they've got one guy who's going to be a second-year right tackle, and outside of that, you've you got to redo the whole thing. And so, like, they've got so many holes. That, that's another reason why I think if they can shop Derrick Henry, they will, uh, and just get cheaper at that position and maybe spend the money elsewhere. Is it, hey, Brent, is it me or do the Titans just get old quickly? Like, really quickly? It's funny, like, the last time y'all had me on, Matt, I think you asked me the same question. And I was like, ah, you know, they're all right, you know. But, man, I mean, it's funny, though. The guys that they cut and saved all the money with um, were all guys that were hurt most of the season, right? Like, right. so they, they're not they're not really missed. They're big-name dudes, but, you know, like Bud Dupree and all these guys. But um, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they've got so many roster spots to fill that you can't help but get way younger, right? And they, you know, I, I, it's going to be like I tell, I tell Titans fans all the time this is going to be the offseason that we point back to. Like five years from now, if they're good, we'll point back to this offseason. If they're not good, still, we'll point back to this offseason because this is kind of the, I, I'm not going to say rebuild, but maybe redo yeah. um, year. And so there's a lot of pressure on Rand Carthon to get it, get it done in, in year one because, again, Jacksonville's moving to the head of the division. And, uh, you know, it, 
you've got to get back in line. One more before we, we turn you loose, just as far as Jimmy Nance is concerned, because he called. The main reason he called was he was he's kind of stumping for Derrick Henry, saying you know just how valuable yeah. he is to the team. Yeah. Would he ask the Titans to to be moved? Would Derrick ask? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so at Not all. all. No, I. He, I mean, he's so embedded in the community here. He's so embedded in the locker room there. Um, they feed off him. He feeds off them. Like, it's such a perfect fit um, outside of whatever analytics you might be able to come up come up with. But, you know, to, the, the whole idea of moving on from him would be to cut bait before he erodes, right? Um, and so, like, if you can get value for him this year, maybe, maybe you do it. Maybe you're doing it a year before you want to. But because you can get value for him, maybe it makes sense. We're making sure all. Of, oh, hello. There we go. We're making sure all of our uh, our audio is working here with the flyovers and what have you going on at TPC Sawgrass. Real quick, I won't necessarily ask you about the Vols basketball team, but I did see you retweeted about a certain Vols football player that we already brought up once on the program before. Tell me this, Brent Darnell Wright. Do you think he's worthy yeah. of the number twenty-four overall pick if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, Darnell Wright, uh, for those that don't know, spent most of his career at left tackle at Tennessee, and he was a much better right tackle. They had him at left tackle because they needed him at left tackle. They just didn't have any other options. And that happens to a lot of players that, that kind of get regraded once you figure out what their natural position is. And so I think he's a natural right tackle. When he played right tackle last year for Tennessee, he was phenomenal. And so he goes to the combine, and he tests well. And so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, that, that he's kind of zoomed up the boards. Um, I think he's going to be a really good NFL offensive lineman at right tackle for a long, long time. Really good player. All right, dude, man, we appreciate your time. 3HL, you can find them at Brent Doherty uh, and check out 104.5 The Zone. And do you think, um, you know, as we say goodbye, you might you might lob us Jimmy Nance's number? You think you could do that for us? <laughs> Especially with the tournament around the corner, man. Huh? And the Masters. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. He was like, I'll come in studio. We'll set it up. And he goes, I'm a little busy this week. I've got 15 basketball games in the Masters. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's, that's busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. We'll do it later, bro. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Thanks. Uh, one day right. we will see you down here at the Players, all right? That would be great, man. I'd love to. Yeah, come on. Be good. All right. See you all. All right, Brent Doherty. I feel like Doherty would be a mayor here. He, oh, would, yeah. he, he, he would make friends everywhere he went. Yeah, he, he would love it. But, uh, you know, Slay and Don Davenport and, and, and Brent are on the air and like, all right, line three. Let's see if – and then when you, you hear Jim Nance, there's no mistaking. Um, yeah, we have Jim on line three. Hello, friends. <laughs> Jim off the text line designed by Lex Closures on the Fair and Fair phone line. Yeah, I would do my international uh, television golf broadcast and uh, strict one of my guys, technical director. He's like, I want you to say hello world <laughs> because we're going out to 228 countries. Not a bad idea. And I'm like, all right, Strick, I may take that, but that would be straight robbery uh, from Jimmy Nance. All right, um, great uh, insight just as far as where the Titans are going. And that's how important it is, is to, to we talk about strike at the right time. This football team needs to strike while this iron is hot and while all those other ones are going cold. So we'll get back in on that. All right, JJ, as we go to break, uh, we offered up a foursome to the Golf Club of Southampton with predictions for the most or the well, the closest to the correct guess, balls in the drink contest. How many balls will go in the water around 17 between the start of the tournament tomorrow morning and the end of the tournament Sunday? 
Hit JJ up. Give him your prediction, and you go on the drawing, courtesy of the Golf Club of Southampton, a foursome, and I'm throwing a dozen golf balls in courtesy of Joe C. So six, four, one, ten, ten. What do you got? By the way, my bookie just released their lines for their predictions for the players' championship and who could be winning on Sunday. Well, let's do that coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Thanks to Brent Doherty for joining us from Nashville, 104.5 The Zone. You can check out their interview with Jim Nance up on their website. Brent also tweeted it out on his Twitter account. You can check that out as well. Mio O'Brien, Matt Hayes, Joe C., Leon off for the day. And here we are at the Players' Championship, less than 24 hours away from round one teeing off. Let's take a look at some of the featured groups, boys, but let's also look at the latest lines, courtesy of my friends over at MyBookie. They, unlike Sportsline, who was the first bet, uh, draft book, or excuse me, the first sports betting book to post their odds for the Players' Championship, my bookie has Rory McIlroy as their favorite to win it at plus 880. John Rahm right behind him at plus 970. And Scotty Scheffler just a tick behind at plus 980. But at the end of the day, it seems like most of the sports books, guys, have those three as their chief contenders for the Players' Championship, followed by Max Homa, who's been playing as well as anybody in the world, and then Justin Thomas, the 2021 Players' Champion. Yeah, you got Cantley in there as well. And he's a guy, a former FedEx Cup champion, <clears throat> steady as they come. If he gets hot, I always like to say this about, you know, a handful of guys. If they, you know, peak at the right time, they can stay there. And Cantley's one of those guys. If you see him start to hold some putts on Friday or Saturday, start to count him as, you know, sticking around. Uh, he's just that type of guy. Xander Shoffley's not done a whole hell of a lot lately. Nope. And he's 22 to 1. Okay, that's not a bad play at all. Tony Finau, I threw you, you guys some numbers that he's missed some cuts here, uh, which surprised the heck out of me. He and Morikawa, they're both 25 to 1. And then Jason Day has moved up to 25 to 1. He definitely could be a guy uh, to watch, that's for sure. Okay, let me stop you right there. Yeah. Two questions how and why? Uh, because you know what he's done? Uh, when he was the number one player in the world, as a matter of fact, one of my Sawgrass Asset Management, uh, how much do you know about the players this week? And this is something I had forgotten. Name the only two guys in the 21st century that were the number one player in the world when they came here and won. Tiger, Tiger, Woods. Tiger and Jason Day. And Jason, Jason Day. Day. Yep. But Jason so, was like five years ago number one in the world. So right? Carney, was Carney's picking Jason yeah, Day, though. He, he picked his, you know, one of his guys to watch. So it was 2016. Okay? Right. Fowler, More than that. No, Fowler won in 15. Exactly. Fowler won in 15. He won in 16. And you know what? He won seven times in 17 starts when he won this tournament. Right. Went to the number one, was the number one player in the world. He was as good as anybody Anyone. walking. Yeah. Okay? Then he goes to the Tour Championship that year. And it looks like he's got a chance to win the FedEx Cup. Hurts is back in the second round, and he's not been the same since. He has not been the same since. And it's crazy now. He's been able to, I believe, come back and win since then. But I bet he's only won once since then. I'd have to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's it. And so that guy has just been carving out more and more time to just get his game back to where he'd like it to be. Just imagine if he is seven years later back contending again now we've seen so he's healthy again is what you're saying yeah he's so that's that's the how and why man that is it and he's been working his tail off on his game 
But that is it. Health is everything. And Chris Kirk, eight years between wins. He won at Colonial. He won a couple weeks ago at the Honda. So it can happen. But you want to talk about a rebirth. If he's able to get it going again, that would be awesome. Because Jason Day is he's just uber talented. And, you know, you got the others that we've thrown out there. Zalatoris, you can draw some decent odds on. One of the first ones out on the practice. Yeah. What are his odds right now? He is in that neighborhood of 30 to 1. Yeah, plus 3,100 according to my bookie. Yeah, so plus 3,100 there. Ahead of speed for what it's worth. They've got mm-hmm. speed at plus 3,500. And the reason, honestly, it's it's his putting right now and his driving. Okay, iron play's pretty good, but we all know what this golf course is in March. And you guys that are golfers out there, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Let us know who you're picking, you know, who you're betting on. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ask you that today and tomorrow, but uh, – Jordan Spieth has not driven the ball accurately, consistently over the last three or four years. And then all of a sudden, he was one of the best long putters we've seen on tour. All of a sudden, he's having trouble hitting five and six footers. And he's got left hand low, which if you're a golfer, you know, you you try all these different grips and thoughts and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, it looks like he's just getting wandy with his hands to miss I think it was four bogeys on the back nine at Bay Hill that I bet all were inside of eight feet. Right. That'll – or four pars that, you know, ended up in bogeys. That'll wreck you. That, that, I mean, that will get in your dome So Spieth will be playing with his buddy JT as well as Max Homa beginning on hole one in tomorrow's afternoon That's session. That's going to be awesome. 12.56 is when that featured group tees off. We've got a couple other featured groups. We have them posted up on our 1010XL social media channels, so make sure you go check those out. We now have – Tea times for each of those groups. So let's build our way, or rather, and we'll start with the heavy hitters, the the, the headliners, which mm-hmm. is Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and John Rahm. So the three betting favorites to win this tournament this week are all in the same group on mm-hmm. Thursday and yeah. Friday, which, I That's mean. That's powerhouse right that there. That is as powerhouse as it comes. That's why you come to the Players' Championship. They tee off on hole 10 at 7.56 tomorrow morning. A couple of these other groups and pairings that you can keep an eye out for. Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Tom Kim. Kim, I know JJ loves yeah, be, loves his cool. loves his Kims. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, and Shane Lowry paired together, and then Willie Z, Kurt Kitayama, who won last week, Xander Schauffele, and then Ricky Fowler. Yes, former so players Ricky, champion with another former players champion and Adam Scott, and then Colin Morikawa. Yeah, and Adam Scott has flashed a little bit here of late, talking about turning back the clock. But uh, Ricky Fowler is playing well, but he's a fifty to one shot, and he is just a guy that is just trying. Uh, his tail off to get back to where he was. He doesn't get angry enough on on the course. It's kind of what Carney was talking about a little bit with him and and, um, and and other guys with that same kind of temperament. You know, a guy that I watched a little bit yesterday, Matt Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. and it was he was he was having some fits yesterday because he wasn't driving the golf ball the way he wanted to. Was he writing down all of his shots? Yeah, no, yeah, he might have been afterwards. But I mean, that's the deal: is that you've got to be able to drive the golf ball straight here. Uh, uh, Steve Elkington, a two-time winner on our show yesterday, mentioned Keegan Bradley has drawn some pretty good odds that he likes, 33-1. to 1. So hit the gala, 50-1. to 1. You could get a nice little play on a guy who's only seen this golf course for the second time in his career. Sam Burns was a multiple winner last season, and we haven't heard much from him this year. Who knows? He might be able to pop up, which would be pretty good. His odds are 50-1. to 1. Kitayama, as you mentioned, went, winning last week, 66-1. to 1. Not bad if you want to play the long shot. Right, and, and for what, what it's worth, I was thinking about it as I was walking the course this morning in terms of 
golfers that have performed well at API and then performed well the following week at the Players' Championship. Mm -hmm. We saw it with Lee Westwood uh, in 2021. To an extent, we saw with Bryson DeChambeau that same year, Rory McIlroy back in 2019. And so there's something to be said about, hey, if you play well at API in Bay mm -hmm. Hill, you can continue to play well and round out the Florida swing with a good showing at the Players' Championship. And I think that's why Rory McIlroy is so front of mind right now, knowing he had a T2 last week. Cameron Young, Rookie of the Year last year, would not be a bad one to keep an eye on. If he's got everything going in his game that he needs, he, he's kind of a guy who likes to overpower a golf course, can't necessarily do that here, but it would be a nice story if he was able to pop up and do it. And J.J., you got a number I, on Morikawa? Uh, let me see if I can find Morikawa. It's it's down. Uh, but, J.J., remember uh, three years ago, uh, Morikawa was 20 to 1. Still a surprise that he's that low because people still, you know, like him. Anyway, J.J.'s pick in the pandemic mm. easily would have gone on to win. I, I did believe. win as far as I'm concerned. As yes. our, after Hang Thursday, the banner. Hang the banner. Matsuyama was in the lead. And, He's and, been struggling bad, though. Yeah, he, he really has. That's why he is a 66-to-1 choice. So if you just want to take a guy to get well on a course that he shot 63 on, you never know. That might not be a bad play, but he's not playing extremely well. I like Shane Lowry a little 40-to-1, at least just kind of a, a little bit of a He plays really shot. well in the Florida swing. Yeah, and, and Keith Mitchell is another good one. He is a former dog that was close to winning a couple of times. He has won before on Bermuda at the Honda. That was maybe, I don't know, two or three seasons ago. He's trending in the right direction, too. Wouldn't be a bad play. Not so shabby, not too shabby. Of course, we are hanging out at TPC Sawgrass and the Players' Championship all week long. You can stop by and say hi. I know some of our nooners on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures have asked where we are. Sawgrass Square right next to Four Rivers Smokehouse, so make sure you swing on by and say hi. Want to do a little basketball in our final segment before sure. we hand it off to the Frangie Show because uh, we just had a buzzer beater to open the ACC basketball tournament. You're going to want to hear all about it. That and more coming up next on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Down goes the other communication school in upstate New York. Down goes the other communication school in upstate New York. Is this the end of Jim? Bayheim. The madness yep. has begun, folks. ACC tournament up in Greensboro. Wake Forest wins it on a walk-off three with 0.2 seconds left on the clock. Let me give you a rundown, boys, of Jim Bayheim's legendary career He's been there at forever. Syracuse. So I preface this by saying this is the first time in 50-plus years Syracuse will not make the tournament in back-to-back -back seasons. 50-plus mm -hmm. years. Obviously, Jim Bayheim has been there 47 years. Yeah. Do you take out what the NCAA How many years says? years head coach? 47. That's the total as a head I was yes. thinking less than that as the head coach. No, wow. it's as the head coach. 1,116 wins. It's a 71.7 win percentage. One national title, five Final Fours, 35 NCAA tournaments. So I'm talking to a – And one whopping pain uh, in the ass. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's and a so PETA. now the question is, now after looking at what, what you know the disappointment of last year with his kids still on the team, yeah. and now the disappointment this year – I mean, are you going to run it back? Like, what, when do well, you hang it up? I feel like that's a philosophical question, oh, not just for Bayheim. I think he, I think he just did in this game. He's got to be. Listen, I, I'm talking to one of my vo volunteer, you know, past chairs that I was telling you guys about earlier. 
uh, and I, I refer to the Qs as the, the fighting Trescas and the fighting Sinclairs. Uh, apologies as opposed to, to the other communication school yeah, in upstate yeah, New York. Uh, apologies to persons and all the other ones out there that I'm forgetting uh, that might have the Qs ties. But Tresca yesterday is saying that, you know, he went to school there, you know, however many moons ago. And... <laughs> And Bayhive had already been there like 15 years. And he said, here he is. He still hasn't left. And so he was talking about McNamara. Would he mm -hmm. be able to get in there? Who is it? Autry, one of the other guys that's being rumored. Anyway, exactly what would happen. But he feels like from the inside looking out uh, as a Q's donor guy that this is it. He's got to So Bayhive just said, so he literally just said during the press conference, according to Mike Waters, who's a, the yep. uh, hoops writer for Syracuse.com, yep, said Beheim says he gave his retirement speech on the court last Saturday. So, wow, there you go. So okay. that really is it then. Trying to motivate uh, and move. Uh, yeah. How about FSU's loss with .03 seconds left on the clock yesterday? I liked this line after from After Hayes uh, made the big prediction. Right. Well, I, especially <laughs> speaking of the Frangie show, I love this line from Lauren Brooks last night. She goes, yeah, Florida State finished with nine wins on the basketball court, which was less than their football team. Who had that at the start of 2022? Isn't that the truth? Nobody. Uh, By the yeah. way, Wake Forest's leading scorer, not to throw salt in your gator wound, yeah. Josie. Uh -huh, yeah. Tyree Appleby. <laughs> and I loved Appleby. Uh, he was, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I, I, you know, I always mention combine eyes. I kind of fall for the point guard. I can't help it. I fall for the point guard. And so there are all these guys that I've, that I've either you know, loved watching or had, or had to defend. And Appleby, at times, could have been a, a turnover Appleby instead of Tyree Appleby. But I always loved watching him. And there weren't, another, there weren't enough other good guys making yep. plays from the outside. And Appleby would just have to crank. Anyway, it, it, it's good for him, I 15 guess is all points, I can say. 15 boards, 12 assists. Yeah, all I can say is good for him. Florida could have used that this yes, year. Yes, yes, they could have used Six it. Six boards he had? Wow. Six boards yeah. and 12 assists. That's awesome. So double-double for Appleby in the opener as Wake Forest down Syracuse. Again, the ACC tournament officially kicked off yesterday, but that was game one of the day in Greensboro. Pitt and Georgia Tech currently on the floor. Plenty of other conference tournaments getting underway. Madison Square Garden hosting the Big East tournament, the Big 12 tournament, which is absolutely loaded going down in Kansas City. And so a lot of different basketball games starting to heat up this week. And Jimmy Nance will be calling the one in mm -hmm. Chicago, the Big Ten tournament. There you go. Love it. All right. Hey, now, to be fair, yeah. real quick, Appleby will get you 23 one game. Yeah. They don't have three the next. Right. <laughs> True. So you're not missing nothing. And it might be 23 turnovers and three points <laughs> versus the other way. All right. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I had to root for who I had. Okay. That's right. really, that's really right. what it boils down And who you have now? Up. Well, yeah. Riley Google, please stay. Yeah, Google. I'm going to have to write that down. I had to root for who I had. All right. So. We will get ready for the Frangie show. I'm going to eat the last couple of cookies that Miss Mary brought over here from the volunteer uh, tent uh, before we say hello to the Frangie show. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, we're about to hand it off. The Francis Show coming up next. Lauren Brooks joins us uh, on a beautiful day. And, you know, you got cool breezes to kind of kind of move through the oaks and pines and whatnot, but beautiful sunshine up above. It reminds me of the Cover Girl, Cover Girl commercial. Right. Easy, breezy, <laughs> beautiful, the players. <laughs> we just substitute Cover Girl with yeah, the players. Yeah. And honestly, the, the weather over the next couple of days is going to be, I would think, what, low 70s, mm -hmm. yeah. maybe maybe creeping into the mid-70s, and then a chance of rain, and then it's supposed to uh, warm up. So I think we're going to see four different 
types of golf courses over four days. Yeah, the good news is I think this will be the highest uh, wind mile per hour mm -hmm. plus max gusts of the four days, or really, yeah. and then the I next four days tomorrow, of the five days. But I don't know if it's going to. I think it's going to back off a little bit. So that's yeah. the good news because obviously for these guys out there, uh, they do not want those wind gusts of 30 miles per hour. I want it. <laughs> I want to see just, I right, just, I'm all right with it. It's like we said, just a little carnage and then, and then give them the setup. Sure, but they're also smart enough to know, like, okay, once a big wind gust comes through, that's when you hit the ball because there's right. not going to be another one immediately behind it. So Sunday there's a high of 77, and it looks like sunny skies. Mm -hmm. It's really the, the Friday forecast is the only one that looks like it could bring a little rain in. And so that's when these, these greens could bake out just a little bit. But that yep. Sunday low is like in the 50s, so I don't know whether they're even going to be able to do that to or not. To me, low in the 50s on Saturday. Saturday as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who you like? That's a great question. I can't give anything away because we have our loser money oh, picks yeah, yeah, coming yeah. up at oh, 4 wow. o'clock. But, uh, but overall, I mean, I think Rory McIlroy, this feels like a guy who has so much going for him. Uh, John Rahm, a guy that mm -hmm. I think, obviously, like his comment said yesterday, really wants to win this thing. Justin Thomas, I think, is a guy who we could see it, you know, on it's top of the leaderboard before, at the end. Right, absolutely. And then you've got guys that I think are, are up and coming as far as this golf course goes, and that would be like a Max Homa and a Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I got guys' boots on the ground that yeah. are following. Okay. Yeah. What do we got? Okay, so tell only me in the break uh, yeah. exactly who to pick, Joe. <laughs> but now you can you can give misinformation for all my co-hosts. I just want to give you this part. <laughs> Max Homa and Justin Thomas are on the front. Yes. And they were just moving through eight. Yeah, my family got to see them earlier. Yeah, and he, my buddy's like, oh, they're betting. He said, they are betting <laughs> back and forth. Were their tampons passed yeah. out? Or? Yeah, nothing like that, he said. But he said they've been dormy since, uh, you know, the last couple of holes. It's okay. just kind of one can't lose, the other one can't win type of deal. But they're raising the stakes as they go along. That so, helps for your, your practice round exactly. to get the juices flowing. And I do think that Homa probably likes that part of it because he's learning off of JT's ball how to play this golf course because JT knows how to play this golf course. Uh, and Max Homa this, uh, you know, this bad boy. Absolutely. So when do listeners get to hear the dulcet tones of Joe Cowart giving PGA Tour updates? At what I will time? be all over the place uh, <laughs> with, with my international television broadcast and okay. then the other main feed. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And it's then the each second night, day here at the Players' Championship. <laughs> <laughs> each night you'll have here, uh, on XL <laughs> PGATour.com with highlights and all that kind of stuff. So nice. The international audience will have to – they're the only ones that get to hear me for the first quarter. Okay. Days. Did you enjoy the Riley Green concert? Did you stay Loved for it? it. Okay. Loved it. TLD and I were out there Good. and, and uh, got to go up to the Florida First Coast of Golf Group and hang out up there, and then we kind of cruised around and watched on both sides of the lake, which okay. was cool. Um, and, look, he's another one of the superstars that's coming up in the, in, in, in the country game. Yeah, so I've seen him it. a couple of times, and uh, he certainly did not disappoint yesterday whatsoever. Yeah. It, was, it was a blast. And, I mean, I saw so many people not necessarily know all the words, but mm -hmm. enjoy just his performance. Oh, so yeah. they certainly, yeah, they're going to, I think, eventually realize, man, this guy is going to be as famous as a lot of yeah. other and he had singers. fun. He had fun, uh, you know, with Alabama and gigging he the other, did. you know, the, the fans a little bit. Yeah, he, he covered Jamie Johnson. He covered Hank Williams Jr. And then by that time I had to walk back over here, so I well, might have they, missed a couple other covers. They had this one little rip where they did Ozzy. Yeah, and, those were the musicians. And Sweet Child of Mine, which yeah. was great. He let the musicians try and 
quote unquote keep their uh, spot on the tour bus, even though obviously he wasn't yeah. really kicking it was them awesome. off. And so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, so you guys will have all of it coming up. We do, and then Chris Reimer joins us at four o'clock, so we will make our loser Monday picks and of course talk the players with him. Yep, all sounds right. good. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. We appreciate it. I tried to buy Reimer back to the lunch side. I said hi to him this morning, and he was just gushing oh, yeah. about our, our station and everything we do. We also have the Rhyme Time official yeah. Chris Reimer. Oh, oh, yeah. Pat. Yeah. oh that's yeah. when you know. We have this. The Frangie Show does not have, by yeah. the way. Well, I just I just know that apparently he's out for bid. He's kind of like I don't know what's going on with him, he's but apparently free. we're gonna have to pay. Unrestr- for him he's to a come restricted off the free show. agent. Restricted free agent. All right, we are out. JJ, one last time, if you can do it. Uh, we'll take one last set of entries for balls in the drink contest. The Golf Club of Southampton with a foursome, a Josie dozen golf balls on top of that. Six four one ten ten. Give JJ your prediction over the four days of how many balls are in the drink, and we will close that out. Uh, you can tweet at me before the end of uh, today, and I'll count those as well. We are out. Thanks again to the Golf Club of Southampton. Nine after five starts next Wednesday, so don't forget about that nine-hole game little prize package afterwards, and Chef Gary with the taco buffet. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, JJ, take it away.